welcome to the podcast. This is a polarized podcast. You know, it's it, it's time to talk. So you know, talk some movies. And in order to do that, I'm going to need two guests. Now, well, one. <laughs> oh, is that all I am to the... you? Oh, ripping the pen before really got me all discombobulated. Is that all uh, I am? No, you're not a guest. The truth no. comes out. <laughs> no, let me let me take two. Let me let me do this again. <laughs> oh, we're keeping it, baby. We're keeping. Oh, it. yeah, sure. <laughs> take two. Okay, and go. <laughs> I think that's what's. I think that's what's getting in my head. I shouldn't. I should just like enter into it. Okay. Yeah, I think saying action or take or I know that I'm like, in, yeah, counting it in. Okay, <laughs> or you want me to count you in? <laughs> Three, two, one, go. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How's everybody doing out there in uh in the free world? <laughs> uh hey, this is the Polarized Podcast. My name's Brandon Stables. My name's James Taylor. Lindsay. Hey, yep. my name's Kayla Greenwell. What? Yeah, yeah. And those two gentlemen are going to help uh, uh, discuss this film. And um, yeah, we're going to get into polarizing movies. This is Polarized Podcast. This is a podcast where we talk about polarizing films, polarizing in the sense of Rotten Tomato scores. Uh, either critics love it, audience hate it, or vice versa. Today we are talking about a little movie, a very quaint movie called About a Boy. And now I introduced James. Well, they introduced themselves, but today is a special day because we're having another guest. Um, for those who've listened to the most recent podcast, we had the wonderful Corey Hart, a.k.a. Blarge, on the podcast. And to keep the guest momentum rolling, we have another very special guest today. We have the man, the mystery, Kalo Greenwell. Kalo. AKA Kalo. It, it's just amazing. Kalo which do you, everywhere. Which do you identify with more, uh, uh, the uh, man or the mystery side of your of your character? Well, the tail end of that was the legend, and I really feel like that's. Oh, I missed know. that. Yeah, I guess that trailed yeah. off for me. Yeah, the man, I don't the even myth. Know if the man, really the myth. Is it? That, but I feel like that's it. Yeah, is it the man, the myth, that. and the legend, or and or legend? Are they all? They're all inclusive. Well, they all have to start with M, so legend, yeah, seems like. You're oh, no, 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 no. That was definitely me imposing my beliefs of me being a legend. <laughs> oh, right. oh, I see. Oh, I see. Okay. Now I see what's happening. Right. Okay. Does that, are they mutually exclusive or you're adding that to what Brandon already said? You know, I, I think it would be disrespectful not to add it to what Brandon already said. Yeah. Um, so by all means, you know, all three, all three. You wouldn't want and, to disrespect you, Brandon with all those great things he said about you. Definitely not. Definitely mm -hmm. not. The fact that I even insinuated otherwise, I apologize. Yeah. First time guest, I'm sorry. Mia Copa. <laughs> hey, you're a legend. And, uh, you know, we'll let it slide. So let's just... We'll, you're we'll, yeah, you're allowed to. You're allowed to be a legend. You're also, a, you know, and we'll let you pass on. You know, just saying things that you know, like I said them, but I didn't say them. <laughs> hey, that's great. He's more <laughs> better for me. 
<laughs> I'll take two oh, doses oh. of that, please. <laughs> wow, this is an interesting strategy that's formulating already. I really, I really find it quite fun. So, yeah, I would love to hear more things that I say from you later on. Let's oh, move. you will. Even whether you like it or not, brother, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's just gonna happen. <laughs> I can't believe Brandon said that about this film when we were watching it. Wait for it. I never said anything. <laughs> did you guys watch this movie together? We did. Yeah. Oh, we did. there. Oh, for Brandon's alert. birthday, that was my gift to him. Man, this, yes. we're doing a double double week for Brandon's B day. I love it. It's a it's a it's a very it's a celebration of Brandon. These these past two episodes is what it's about. <laughs> and what Brandon likes most is Spiral. Mm-hmm. From the, these are defining from the movies. book of Saw universe. Mm-hmm. It's from the book. It's not a universe. It's a book of Saw. There's a book out there of Saw, and then they pulled that story from that book, and we saw it. And that's one of Brandon's favorite things because. He did that for his birthday, and now it's uh, about a boy. These are great presents, Brandon. I I feel very blessed to uh, you know to have been able to do this. So, very similar yeah. movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure. Similar yeah, in I what way? I didn't see um, the soft film, but I can definitely um, imagine the similarities. The similarities. Think about sure. a boy. Yeah. When's the last time you've been to a movie theater? Uh, dear, dear Kalo boy, I don't know why I called you that, but that's what I'm, that's what I'm calling you. By all means, um, I'm many things, as we've already alluded to in this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> so just keep tacking them on there. This is what we do here so, so far with, gamer? so far with guests is we just attribute titles to them and make them, uh, mystic, mystical in some sort of, uh, in some, yeah, really some sort of legend to anyone out there listening. Um, we're, we're just bringing... You guys in because we're lucky enough that you decided to, to grace us with your presence really is, is all it is. But anyways, what's I completely understand that. Yeah. Um, and, and while I don't want to harp on that, the accuracy of that last statement uh, really <laughs> resonated with me. So, uh, you know, I'm going to give you guys the gracious <laughs> privilege to know that um, I don't really remember the last movie I saw in theater. <laughs> what did I see? Dude, I know I that was. Go, I had gone to the theaters. I can tell you that. Yeah. What was it? Brandon, yeah. what was the last movie we saw in theater? Oh, you guys do everything together. I don't think I didn't see. During COVID? Oh. So I saw Tenet in theater. That's for sure. We saw nobody together? We saw nobody together. That's what okay. we saw. That movie yeah, looks yeah. good. I would like to see it. I was just curious because that was such a big uh, part of my uh, week or my uh, our episode last time was just going to see a movie in a theater and how big of an effect that sure. has on you. Because like I, as bad as that movie was <clears throat> last week, just like seeing it in a theater with your friends, man, that was a good time. And even like sitting, what well, you guys were just chilling on the couch watching a movie, right? Yeah, hanging absolutely. out watching a Hugh Grant film. I love it. Yeah, just just a couple dudes on on a birthday watching yeah. having a couple a cocktails. Hell yeah. Having a couple cocktails. Yeah, we were any snacks? Gin. Gin snacks. That was strategic. No snacks You're the gin guy, lunch. huh? Oh yeah, yeah. We had Emperor's gin, my favorite. Mm. Just gin so or uh, like, to love it. Any I co- love it. like a cocktail? Just tonic water, but diet tonic water. Nice. Oh, okay. Is there a flavor difference there? 
There is, yeah, but it's just the same like flavor difference of just adding more sugar to something. Is mm-hmm. I'm into that. Yes, you fl- yeah. you taste the gin more, especially if it's good. Absolutely, yeah, and it is and very just, good gin. Uh, Perfect. It's delightful. It's um, blue. The color, uh, like the liquid itself, is blue. And like toilet bowl blue. cleaner. Like in the bottle, toilet bowl cleaner. But once it's like out on the like in the toilet, it's that's too light. Gotcha. Well, it yeah. pivots from a blue to a purple violet. Wow. Or lavender, I think, is the color, right? Whoa. And that's a really cool. With the tonic is it, water, is, yeah. it, is yeah. it sentient? Oh, okay. With the ton- tonic water. <laughs> yeah, it, it's <laughs> sentient, James. Um, it, it, it is alive. It is conscious. It senses uh, a big fear. Part of me. Don't be afraid of it. Drinks is me knowing that they're terrified of their imminent doom. That's just <laughs> pivotal. All right, so we just had technical difficulties, but what I was saying was it sounded like a Star Wars drink, but then I realized it was just, it's diluted, the tonic water dilutes this kind of blue gin and it turns into like more purplish color. Is that is that what you're talking about? Yeah, I, I don't necessarily appreciate you destroying the mystery there. I like to think that it's a sentient creature that's, uh, you know, yeah, having dude, a that's conscious reaction of fear, but mm-hmm. and that's why it changes colors, like a chameleon. But you know what? We can go with this, you know, sheer fact of... You know, I wish. How do you how do you feel then drinking the liquid of a sentient thing then? Well, well is like well, the liquid sentient, or is it from it, or like the liquid itself is sentient? Is what just the entire right. beverage? Okay. No, the, I guess the, it, the, the tonic or the gin itself is sentient. And to answer how I feel about it, um, I, I think a pivotal element of getting stronger is consuming the flesh of your enemies. Um, and clearly, you know, this tonic or this gin specifically, um, can be war with them? And it's an enemy. <laughs> mm. <laughs> wow. You were in this. I had no idea that there's such a great conflict. I, I don't think today. you understand. We, Have we, you ever we had a hangover? Civil... That's a war. That's oh, a dude, battle. Today, today's uh... been, I've been, yeah, <laughs> I just woke up and then my alarm went off. Well, your birthday, your hours. official birthday was yesterday. Mm-hmm. So you you're you're feeling it then? I'm feeling it. <laughs> I'm feeling it. You uh, drank quite a bit yesterday. Fade fell short this time. Smile fades in the summer. Oh man, I was listening to some uh, pop punk today. I was listening to uh, in her own words. It's this pop punk band that I really really f- enjoy. Um, sometimes you know what pop punk is. That's fun. If you're in the mood, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I feel like if you're, if you're driving down the road, it's good driving music. If yeah. you're driving down not a road, it's even better driving music because you're, you're feeling that rebellious side. You're like, oh, I'm not even on a road right now. And I'm driving. <laughs> or, or you're in a third world country. But yeah, that's also a possibility. Yeah. Hmm. Or you're like on a, yeah, I don't know, like some sort of buggy. Oh man, that would be something else. I haven't been on That'd a buggy in a really long that. time. How yeah. how much would that improve your enjoyment of certain music in in I guess just the just the area that you listen to to music, man. I when I'm when I'm driving and there's certain music that I just For sure. It, it totally. goes up it goes up like a an enjoyment point or two. I don't know how I judge my enjoyment points, but if you got if you got certain music while you're while you're driving, I don't know what 
what specific type of vehicle. I've never driven a buggy and listened to music. That sounds cool. I've never even really driven a buggy. Are you guys, is anyone still there? Yeah. Hello? I was trying I'm, I'm going down like this whole buggy. rabbit trail. I was, I was there, guys. I what about there. a seed? What about a seed? What kind of what kind of music would you guys want to listen to on a seed? I did that. I, I guess somewhat recently. I would say probably about uh, no, not recently if you consider probably about four years ago. <laughs> God, someone recently, I'm thinking like three months ago. Right, yeah. It really depends on how you look at recent. It's called COVID. (laughs) Right. (laughs) We've just been in a vacuum of time and space. Yeah. (laughs) But I did that, and yeah, well. um, On, what were you driving? I did a CDU. Oh, you're listening to some, I would say like some Jimmy Buffett. Yeah. Could be a good yeah, choice. The, it depends on how you want to ride the sea dude. Oh, you, oh like get, a, you could have like a James Bond experience. You could be like, blah, 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 blah. Absolutely. Or, yeah, just some type of um, just hard-hitting rock music. Mm. Just feeling, feeling really, yeah, because yeah, it can get intense. I forgot how fast CDs can go, but like if you really just crank it in on a CD, you're going like really fucking fast to the point where you're like, oh man, I could just, you know, I could get um, like kicked off of this thing by uh, not a wave, but you know, um, like a a valley on the like open water. Shadow of death. The shadow of death. And just come into that, (laughs) into that hole. yeah it's like you just like hitting a wall or something and then you yeah you fly forward in the handlebars or some shit yeah yeah oh for sure and you know it's it's gonna hurt like hell when you hit that water going that fast if you let me in your clothes oh shit (laughs) (laughs) every time i play this song yeah. Why consider- do I keep doing this to myself? <laughs> I was too focused on changing the music. <laughs> as soon as it starts playing every time, you just frantically try to change it. <laughs> no, why did I pick shuffle? Oh, man, I'm, I'll use my headphones. Oh, I can't hear anything. Oh, whatever. <laughs> so really, the moral of this story is we need to go rent a buggy. I mean, that would be really fun. I don't know where to go to just rent a buggy, but oh, you we know, can the do internet, that, man. Google, brother. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah, brother. <laughs> just hit up the Googs. Hit up the Googs. I'm I'm a. I want to do like a. Dis- do a I want to do like a destruction clackety. derby. Do you guys think that you can like buy into like just being a part of a destruction derby? Like sponsoring your car. Sure. No, just like I think yeah, you just buy like anything. Like just like yeah, I guess so. You just be like, no, I want to do a destruction derby. I'm in like the safest way possible, I guess. Sure. But if they were like sure. full size cars, you mean not doing it? Got it. Yeah. I know. I know. You're you're right. Yeah, you're right. But if they were like old stock cars or some shit with like cages, sure, and sure. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that would be so it was, fucking exhausting. It was like Red that. Bull, Red Bull mandated like destruction oh, yeah. derby man that would be so much fun i would watch i would at least watch that that'd be exhilarating to watch it'd be very fun to do i completely agree with you i'm just definitely concerned with like 
I'm gonna fucking get hurt. Like knowing me. Like <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. If you're doing it for real. Yeah. It all, yeah. It just comes with the territory though. Sure. Mm-hmm. This just made me think about Red Bull as a company and how interesting that a beverage company turned into like a purveyor of extreme sports and is no has a real strong association to uh, any type of extreme sports. I always see them being the host or being marketing, uh, brother. Oh, absolutely. But energy drinks and extreme sports. Yeah, it's interesting to me because I just feel like if you're training for or doing these um, extreme sports, then. Are you really drinking Red Bull? Yeah, I don't, I don't think know. I ever actually see that. Now that I can think about it, the artist drinking Red Bull, or the artist, I'm sorry, the the, the um, athletes drinking Red Bull, right? Like, like to your point, that's really not. Yeah, I guess I'm, not a part of the conversation. Right, but I mean, that's not the first time that a company, you know their product is i guess it's like mcdonald's sponsoring an (laughs) any type of athletic event which i'm sure yeah probably not a lot but i'm sure they do it i mean they buy ads on tv during sporting events i'm really positive they sponsor nascar cars that makes sense to me yeah i mean during like i think i remember like getting a mcdonald's uh burger or something and on the outside during like olympics time there was like some pictures of people doing a bunch of athletic things on the bag of like a mcdonald's uh like a mcdonald's or, bag and then inside the burger and some some guy like lifting weights and someone playing soccer and stuff and it's like mcdonald's olympics it's just like oh man like if i if i eat this i can do what they're doing and be be in the olympics Absolutely. but then i had my it was a good burger i'm sure but whatever <laughs> and then now i'm and now i'm i'm think i'm gonna do the olympics i'm not sure i'm thinking about it if i have enough burgers i, I might do it right you're on your way mm-hmm <laughs> Uh, have you guys tried the n- new item at McDonald's, the um, BTS chicken nugget meal? It has two new sauces. It's just sauces. sauce. Isn't it just sauce? It's just sauce. Um, so I actually, I actually mean it's just a thing. sauce though. Like they, they do have a meal. You can get the BTS meal. It's not just yeah. It's just sauce with French fries and it's a cur- it's a curated so, thing. Yeah, but as far as like a new yeah. the new. The new item is the sauce. From a food standpoint, it's just the sauce. And I just went to McDonald's and got both the sauces with chicken nuggets. That's good, good sauce. I like the sauce. To answer your yeah, question, sure. I, li- I like, the, I like the, the nuggets with the sauce. It's really tasty. Yep. The, and it's Cajun and what's the other one? Oh, uh, fuck. Uh, it's like a more of like a mayo-based. But I forget what it's called. But yeah, the Cajun one has a nice spice level to it. I liked it quite a bit. Yeah, it's very tasty. Oh, I hope they cool. keep it. Do you think they'll keep it? I don't know. Probably not. Probably right. not. There was like a period of time I was going to McDonald's where they had the world menu. It might have been actually during the Olympics, speaking of which, but uh, uh-huh. where or some. Yeah, I think it was a like, World Cup or something like that, where it was like the world menu. And they had a few items from like different places from around the world. And I thought that was the Whoa. best idea. Like and that is a. They should Such do that bloody. all the time or just like or every Hell now and then. Yeah. I don't know. Or just like and I, I the only one I remember that I got that I can remember was there was like a Canadian. It wasn't poutine, but it was like pretty much cheese fries with like bacon, I think something like that. Wow. And it was kind of it was in Sounds Canada, great. like a their version of like a poutine or some some shit like that. But 
I love the idea of it. It was so cool. Because I even when I like travel and go other places in the world and it's just like kind of fun to check out what the McDonald's is like anywhere else in the world. So to see <laughs> that kind of come to you is, is cool. I know I sound like such a <laughs> lame American. Oh, whatever, bro, hell yeah. No, oh, dude, hell yeah. It's just, it's interesting to see, uh, <clears throat> see what they taste like other places. Absolutely. Speaking of other places, what is the Big Mac called in the UK? The El Royale with cheese. Think so. Mind me, in this movie that we're reviewing, or is that the quarter pounder? Is is the quarter pounder? The quarter pounder is the El Royale. The Big Mac has no no relation because it's 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 the quarter pounder. Yeah, the Big Mac is called the Big Mac, but the quarter pounder is called the El Royale because of the metric system. Right. Look at the big brains on brand. But, uh, um, but that's that's my burger of choice is that quarter pounder as well. Totally, which is why the Travis Scott meal was the best meal because it was a. But was there anything new about that? Nope, not really. What it is is it's modifications, right? More than because so far there has been first the Travis Scott meal, then the J Balvin meal, and then um, this BTS meal, and the J Balvin meal was. I think a just a Big Mac, but it comes with an Oreo, uh, M&M shake Oreo or an shake. Oreo shake. Oreo shake. Yeah. Now, and- arguably, this BTS is the right tra- trajectory because this is the first time that there's actually a physical thing that is unique, right? Like totally. all the rest of the year mm-hmm. have just been modifications. Now, McDonald's is like, I'm going to spend money to make, I don't know, you know, 200 million or whatever the crazy amount of sauce they needed to make to ship around the entire planet to like make this event like i like that i really respect that yeah if they called it like fucking what is the the rick and morty sauce or whatever if they called it that then people would have probably lost their minds or something but oh the szechuan sauce never tried it szechuan sauce for all i know it's even i never tried the szechuan sauce but this one's really good so, did you guys try the mighty hot, mighty hot sauce or whatever it's called? I did, yeah. That one was solid too. I like the heat level; it's pretty, pretty mm-hmm. great. Yeah, it's just nice to have spicy things at McDonald's because yeah, it's it's all just very meat flavor. Mm-hmm. Almost everything that you could just taste sure. like oil and meat, and uh, yeah, heat goes a really long way. Also, too, my I haven't had it, but the Cajun one is supposed to have kind of a vinegar thing going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's goes a long way because pickles on a burger, especially a McDonald's burger, are really quite key. Yeah, and that chicken sandwich they got has, has a bunch of pickles. I love it. Really? Oh yeah, man! Chicken sandwiches are just such the fucking. It's so hot right now. Yeah. So hot right now. Wonder what it is. Just moving away from beef. Yeah, I think so. Is that what it is? Yeah. And- Everyone's everyone's jumping on, but we were close for a second. You asked about we the, were close El, I, the El Royale. And do you? I was going to ask you. Do you think that Hugh Grant would enjoy an El Royale? I know that uh, Tony Tony Collette uh, always told Nicholas Holt that um, don't go to McDonald's. But that was that was the big big come together at the end of the movie for them. Was that they get to go to McDonald's, but he's he's out of he's grown out of it already. All right, so the podcast is over. We talked about the movie. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>
Um, what if night? But yeah, no, we're here. We're we're at the movie. No, McDon- we're here. McDonald's. They talked about McDonald's in in the movie. Absolutely. And not yeah. once, but twice. It was a part of the character arc. It was. Yeah, it, it was. was. Yeah. It's interesting to see oh. to see product placement in movies. Does it completely take you out of it? As a like, not completely, but like anytime any product is ever brought up ever, do you guys like take a second? Because I feel like a lot of times I do where I'm just kind of like, oh, oh, oh no, product placement. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, whatever. But then I, I can move on. But it's just it. I just kind of have to like take a second to <laughs> acknowledge it, and it like is almost like a hiccup or something like that. I definitely go through that process because um, the way that they highlight products too usually is pretty egregious. It's like, oh, this is, you know, front and center or not front and center, but it's like centered and it is being highlighted in some particular way. And that I don't care for because it just makes it seem cheap and gimmicky. But these characters were just talking, you know, this is part of their, you know, their characters to have that conversation and to talk about McDonald's and to talk about him wanting something other than what his mother wants and going through that, um, that growth and maturity. Yeah. It is funny. Just the, it's mentioned twice and it's, (laughs) and there's a payoff just in the two mentionings of it. They don't, they don't also go to McDonald's too. Right. I I can't remember if McDonald's is actually really in the movie. No, no, they just, they just talk about it. Yeah. But it is talked about as kind of like she doesn't like it and she doesn't want him to go there. But, it, you know, yeah, it's still it's still product placement. Like you guys even talked about it with the Fitbit on the dude that got it, you know, that died in Saw and stuff and all the shit that was like brought up in Saw. The, sorry, Spiral or whatever, where it's just like, yeah, even if it's in a dead dude's body, it's like, oh, we got his Fitbit. It's like, I'm going to go I buy know. that Fitbit. <laughs> That is still so crazy to me. But then you track you track the Fitbit, so I mean, it also has mm-hmm. like a, a plot device as well, which is kind of like a modern plot device. It's kind yeah, of but, kind of cool, I guess, in that way. But still, it's like you know the reasons that <laughs> the name was brought up, you know, as well. Yeah. You know, one thing that um, I, I think is really interesting, specifically with this film and McDonald's. is mcdonald's is such a ubiquitous cultural element to Mm -hmm. our society whether we like it or not and i think that there's a genuine possibility that like that wasn't a largely overt product placement right like you know i don't think it was really product placement at all like, well, I guess I, that's what I'm getting at, right? It is like yeah. it wasn't like McDonald's paid for this, right? I think that mm-hmm. you know it was just you know McDonald's is culturally synonymous with you know a, a young person young wanting it. a yeah. happy meal and wanting mm-hmm. like you know to a to a degree where like you know I I would genuinely feel more out of place if they made up a name, right? If they're like you know McBurger yeah, place right point. and it's mm-hmm. like oh mcdonald's i like immediately related to like my life and mm-hmm. me thinking yeah like my parents like my mom didn't want me to eat mcdonald's because it wasn't healthy like, you're right and that immediate relatedness re- relatability um actually drew me more into the film than took me away that is a good point yeah like when or if you were to see someone shying away from like showing a, a cup or something or seeing some fake label on a coke can and like making it 
look shitty or whatever. You're, you're going to have to really go the extra mile to make that whatever brand with that's in universe fully realized for that to be believable. Otherwise, yeah, that's a much easier way to just hearken whatever sort of ideas that you're trying to bring forth with that, um, what they're talking about to the audience, then that does it in just, yeah, just a word rather than an explanation. I would be, but I, at the same time, yeah, I still, my mind goes through that whole process of whatever sort of situation where they're like, okay, well, we're going to do McDonald's because that makes sense within just like the dialogue. But we do have to like contact McDonald's and, <laughs> and figure this out to see if either that's cool or if, I don't know. Yeah, maybe cash, cash, a, cash a check for uh, McDonald's being the movie or something like that. And my mind, my mind just starts wandering about real life <clears throat> things rather than sure, definitely. about the movie. Sometimes, you know, but it's done more egregiously other times where it's, uh, yeah, it's just shameless or, or whatever. But this was something that was, like you said, ubiquitous and... Um, everyone knows what McDonald's is and if they are trying to get an American audience even too, you know, maybe that's something that would just be easier to, I mean, well, this is a, I don't know how this movie was, was made American or whatever it was UK. I mean, it was done, done in the UK and everything, but I see that. Yeah. Even like Robert De Niro was a producer and, and shit, which I thought was, was interesting. Um, that is interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that. I just saw his name come up in the in the opening titles. Uh, but yeah, did you guys want to go through the plot of this movie yeah. at all? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, should oh, we get yeah. that that ball rolling? Absolutely. So the movie starts off with um, Hugh Grant doing a voiceover and talking about being an island. Uh, what is the exact quote? No man is an island. But he disagrees with that. Mm-hmm. He disagrees with that. Yeah, it's like a so bon, Jovi, bon, bon Jovi quote. Is yes. what he says or something like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so we're getting a voiceover by him saying that men are islands, and he in particular is an island because, as uh, the inhabitant of an island, he is allowed to. It's not just about do the things that he wants. What is it? What is it in particular about being an island that he loves, like that he's into? Yeah, I mean, that gets to the whole whole crux of his character. And mm -hmm. it's uh, the unwillingness to open himself up to any sort of vulnerability because he is so so terrified of being hurt uh and you know i think at the end he realizes that he's also missing out on those positive things that come with that that inevitable sort of hurt that you might have with any sort of relationship the the the, the only oh sorry kayla go ahead that was just one aspect well, I, I really quick before we break off on that yeah but what really one interesting thing that i thought the it was, film it was all very vague but, portrayed yeah. was a <clears throat> it was very vague but that and that's exactly what i'm getting at is there was a lack of which i actually appreciated right a lack of a simplified this person had a traumatic experience with a past relationship and now he's afraid to move on right like mm. that really wasn't a part of the conversation the conversation no, was 
you know, I really don't want to like go through the effort of dealing with this. Like, I don't want to go through the effort of a breakup. I don't want to go through the effort of like seeing this person be upset with me. And really, it's I don't want to go through effort. Right. Yeah. And this <clears throat> fundamental concept that I'm an island and as an island, I'm self-sufficient and I don't have to really do anything because at the end of the day, I'm very, quote unquote, content. Right. Being oh, by boy. myself. But mm -hmm. I still need needs, right? So that's where I'm getting these women to sleep with me, right? And really, that's the crux here, right? Is I want to mm -hmm. sleep with these women, but I don't want that emotional connection to get to a point where it becomes effort, right? How selfish. Even, the way, the way you're oh, describing that is so selfish, yeah. Oh, to the hundredth degree, right? Mm -hmm. um, but that selfishness for me is very different than what I would consider a more justified a rational mm. well traditional but also just justified a rational reason to be that way which is trauma right like that mm. is something that pretty much anybody would i'm so glad you're bringing oh, that why up. are you a dick you know because i was tra i was traumatized right and then like that's mm. such a related even if it never mm. happened to you, you'll give someone a pass and for so much of this film like there is no pass for this man well and, the, and this is all. a movie this is a movie that i really i really did enjoy but this is something that you're touching on which is my main this is my main gripe with the movie and something that I would have, I was very much more curious about with our, our main character was his relationship with his father, because that's, father. that seemed to be where that trauma that you're bringing, bringing up stemmed from in my mind. And the closest thing was kind of like one of those visions that he had in the liquor store of a disheveled man reaching for a bottle and then he disappeared for for a second but that was the only glimpse of of his father was the idea that he was an alcoholic um mm -hmm. but for a movie that was that dealt very much with masculinity and uh growing up um boy to man uh That's yeah that was that was something mm -hmm. that like i think would have been worthwhile getting more into as well was you know, you, I think you got an idea of Nicholas Holt's past trauma with his father and you even got to see him and his, his new fling come to that part or was it Christmas or whatever? Um, yeah. but yeah, you didn't really get, uh, that background of Hugh Grant so much as just, yeah, his, his history of being living off of the royalties of the song, um, and what the song means and the song played way more of a part than his actual father, which speaks to the absence of the father as well. But I would have, yeah, just liked a, a more of a glimpse into that uh, to go off of Kalo's point. Definitely. Yeah. But I don't, we wouldn't have want that to be presented first. Would we, I can see a movie where he's doing a, he's doing the voiceover and we're seeing him grow up into this man. And then when the voiceover is done, he is like the adult man that we know him throughout the rest of the movie. I could see that being the case, but um, the way that we are introduced, it doesn't, the point of it is to be, to communicate this guy is a bachelor and he's living a <laughs> bachelor life and staying in that, kind of chill definitely zone, not at the beginning uh, i would not have liked to have known that at, yeah at the beginning mm. i don't think that would have gone in line with with yeah how how that he states his thesis as a character is how this movie starts is 
um, not how the movie's feeling is because it cha- he, he changes throughout the movie, which is great. That's not how he feels at the end. He cha- his whole mindset changes at the end and he has this closing piece about being like having a subset of islands or whatever and they're connected underneath the water, which I thought was, was you know, was, I don't know, I Fine. liked it. I thought it was, I thought it was yeah. nice. You know, it was very Nick, Nick Hornby, I think, but, um, totally. uh, you know, I, him stating that at the beginning was stating this character and, and yeah, not the not necessarily the the movie's feelings. So you get that idea quicker of who this guy is. But I think I would have been more curious as to what uh, what got him there. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, that's a valid criticism because the movie is relatively vapid, moves pretty quickly through its plot. Um, it does a lot of the emotional weight and the things that really ground them in, you know, in what relationships, the effect that they have on people. A lot of it is Nicholas Holt's relationship with Tony Clubb, his mother, and the stuff he has to go through, which is so incredibly heavy. And he has his own voiceover, and it's it's a yeah. fun, you know, mm-hmm. pairing goes back where forth, yeah. he, you know, we have Hugh Grant doing his uh, voiceover talking about this is why he loves being by himself. And then Nicholas Holt is talking about what it means to be with others and to like, and to have him. Yeah. In parallel. And we're seeing his trauma from the beginning. So, I mean, if you did open with Hugh Grant, having his trauma be Mm. revealed to us, and then you meet, meet almost at the end of that, that that could be compelling. Yeah. There is a way to do it. Yeah, definitely. I agree. Cause I mean, I, I enjoy how light this movie ultimately is um, because yeah, Hugh Grant uh, just being bothered by stuff is really funny and uh, just enjoyable to see like him be um, put off uh, trying to figure things out and bumbling through stuff. Uh, Oh, he's great at bumbling. He's a great bumbler. I love, I love, I love seeing him bubble, bumble around. Absolutely. Cause he's that, yeah, he's just a charming doofus. <laughs> uh, he plays that character really, really well. And it is, okay, so speaking of which, I want to get into his whole thing with ladies. And can what... I, I'll, I can read what, a little synopsis that I got here if you want me to kind of present the opening again. Or just like the opening um, opening section. Please. Will Freeman lives a serene and luxurious lifestyle devoid of responsibility in London thanks to substantial royalties left to him from a successful Christmas song composed by his father. In an attempt to meet a single woman, an attempt to meet single women with children who Will believes to have low expectations in the men they date, Will begins attending a single parent support group, SPAT, where he falsely states that he has a two-year-old son named Ned. He meets an attractive woman named Susie in the group, and during a planned play date with her, he meets Marcus, the 12-year-old son of Susie's friend Fiona, who was unexpectedly brought along by Susie. Will gains Marcus's interest and trust after he lies to a park ranger to cover up for Marcus accidentally killing a duck by throwing his mother's homemade cottage loaf at it. Afterward, when Will and Susie take Marcus home, they find Fiona in the living room overdosed on pills from a suicide attempt. That's kind of the first act of this movie, I'd, I'd feel like. Yeah. Totally. Uh, yeah. So my question again is, like, how did he think that mother or single, 
um, yeah, like single mothers was the move. I didn't quite get coming from, I like being an Island. And then we're also, he like, we, there's that scene with his sister where she's <laughs> grilling him about not being with anybody. Mm-hmm. And then he's, which I totally sympathize with the kid stuff. Cause I just, yeah, I, <laughs> when he's just, he just holds it like this <laughs> and then he just keeps holding it like this. He's like, I'm no good with this. Can you yeah. just take it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just, I totally related with that. Cause there's, I went to, um, I went to a kid's birthday for our friend, Danny, uh, his daughter turned two and there were just all these kids running around. And I just felt like, like I didn't, I didn't know what to do. There was just too much of this chaotic energy about them. And so it's such a, yeah, <laughs> it just, there's something about it that makes me, I'm, I'm just not, used you're to such it. a it's Hugh not, Grant. I'm such a Hugh Grant. You were just bumbling I'm, around that whole party. You're just like, Oh, Oh, excuse me. Oh, sorry. Oh, I don't, I don't know what to do. Oh, geez. You just imagine these, <laughs> yeah these kids run up to you and just talk to you about nonsense and you're like oh yeah great and then having those conversations but having like five or six of them and just get, yeah <laughs> right and then people just like poking you and just yeah it <laughs> kind of stresses me out so, you're, so you're wondering you were wondering why he decides to go that direction yeah because he me, gets he gets set up by uh by what's by whoever you were just what's her what's her face his the, sister that, that is his sister yeah that's right Sharon Small right no that I don't know who that person yeah it's it's a it's a sister but uh yeah she she that's- sets she sets him up right and then he just tries to play it off that he loves kids at that date yes because that's that happens before right okay yes and he had the the sex or no she okay she breaks it off with him that's what it is there yeah. was they're leading that up blows to that. His mind. that blows his mind it blows his mind and he loves it he's like oh this is great. he's like i don't have to worry about it they're gonna break up with me like and i can uh-huh. and i can be like yeah it's and it's like a dentist thing from it's always sunny in philadelphia or something too he's like he's kind of a true sociopath at, at certain certain points but like that is just a natural element of a lot of romantic comedies is like people that do very socially like insane things in the world. Uh, that is funny to see how it plays out because they're so either like desperate to prove a point or, or just it's love. And so people do crazy things and everything like how to lose a guy in 10 days or I don't know. It's just like, there's, there's so many like premises of just like, what if someone did this for love? Wouldn't that, wouldn't that be nuts? And this guy is a certain, a certain type of like, (laughs) yeah, I don't know. He's just desperation or just like, he's not doing anything else. So this is something that he can devote his full time into is just like seeking out women. And so this is the one (laughs) direction that he decides to go in and then he sees fucking uh, spat. I mean, from a comedic, like, yes, obviously I want to see him get into these situations where he's going to be met with things he doesn't know how to handle. Cause that's again, so funny to see Hugh Grant do that, but especially given the unit of time, uh, voiceover that he gave where he has everything down to unit of time and he puts out his whole day. This is what a day looks like. It's X amount of units. How did 
he just not consider that if you, well, if I'm going to have sex with or hook up with uh, single mothers, they are going to have kids and that would potentially like be units of time that don't fit into his day. And it's weird to just see him. He, cause he, he's smart enough to know the units, but he's dumb enough to not apply them just outside of the things he's comfortable with. Or to your point, which yeah, just makes him such a weird sociopath where he's just doing it to just, because he just a fuck around like he just it's, wants it's, to well it's short-term satisfaction that's i think his whole life and what i've gathered from his his character is his he's had short-term satisfaction given to him his entire life he's never had a challenge presented towards anything that he's wanted mm. or mm-hmm. or or wanted to attain or or strive to be uh or whether he strived to be anything other than uh yeah, just 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 uh comfortable you know and just comfortable with his wants and needs and once he has a want or desire, then he will do whatever he can to selfishly attain that singular desire. But when that a desire is another person, it's inevitably going to come into conflict when that person's wants and needs are coming into into conflict with your own wants, his own wants and needs and, and everything like that. Um, but this, even that, in that selfish nature, the only way that's going to bring him down to other people's level honestly or just like willing to uh relate and want to be a part of other people's world is a small child which in his mind reminds him of himself and maybe that was enough to characterize hugh grant as well as just his interactions with nicholas Holt as as the was it marcus is the is the child Mm -hmm. and um and that was enough to kind of illuminate kind of who will hugh grant was Hugh will and mm-hmm. uh yeah but that's also kind of like a selfish thing as well i mean he's he's and even up to the all the way up to right before the third act he was still using not to jump ahead still using marcus to fill his needs by pretending to have him be his son you know to go on on the state with uh rachel weiss which was just like yeah he was he's pretty pretty uh, schlubby and pretty those kind of you know like those messed up things to do but you know when you're yeah when i'm watching a roman- romantic comedy i'm definitely willing to willing to let go but when you think really think about it it's just like man he's he's uh really using people to get what he wants and it his mm-hmm. his needs are most important and he does say that multiple times throughout the movie um that that's what's most important to him is is himself but that's yeah sorry to sorry to go on my no, whole monologue no, no but that's yeah I, that's part of the central conflict that happens in the movie uh is him not using people but realizing it's really the turning point is him buying the stuff for marcus and and understanding that there is a high that is happening and turning that, because again, he's looking at it from a selfish perspective, but that blossoms and turns him around and says this care and affection that other, you know, that I show to other people, they'll show back to me. And I really enjoy that. And I enjoy feeling wanted in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, that's that's kind of yeah, that's what Will goes through. And at times it's not yeah, it's weird it there's so much genuine stuff happening in this movie, but it, I feel like it it does miss the mark in certain ways. Like we already talked about the father. Um yeah, being absent from the movie. Now but, I, it's interesting that you guys think that's a a missing of the mark when I actually that's, that's something I would have. That's something of it. I would have liked to see. Oh, oh, you you enjoyed not having to see that part. Yeah, actually, a lot because, I, as a as an audience member, right? It's it's this this idea of of adding or over adding, over explaining or adding too much value to something is a very very common trope in media to really exemplify and bolster a situation and make it more dramatic, right? Mm. Um, there's a couple lines in this film where, um, you know, Will, Hugh Grant um, states a couple fundamental things. You know, my dad had a hit song and he spent the rest of his life trying to replicate it, right? Mm -hmm. A part of that was, you know, presumably, and this is you reading in between the lines, a part That's of his a, creative yeah. process is drinking, right? Mm -hmm. And it could be yeah. as simple as that, right? The guy spent the entire rest of his life fixated on just one thing, mm -hmm. and then he died. And there was yeah. nothing more complex to that, right? There was no, right. you know... He was absent. Well, that was, that was what I got out of it. He was exactly. just he was absent. And, yeah. I, and that, that absence from the film mm -hmm. is, I think, so fundamental for me enjoying this film where it's as mm. simple as that. Right. Yeah, you know, totally. and he was there financially and he mm -hmm. gave his son money. Right. But right. at the end of the day, he wasn't absent in a even malicious sense. There wasn't hatred or anger towards his father. Right. right, right. Or at least it, yeah. I didn't get the sense of resentment. I got the sense of like, yeah, you know, that was his life. Yeah. And the money, you the know? money took care of him, not so much his father. So he was just not not there. Yeah. I, mm. I totally, no, I, mean, I totally his get father made the choice to give him the money. Right. And so. You know, that's a part of that conversation where clearly there was not a lack of like some level of love for your son. Sure. Just, right. It's the passion that you may have towards one upping yourself. Right. And that's, I think, a big striving point of why Will is such a non-engaged participant in his own life is if he is a non-engaged participant in his own life, then he won't be in a position where um, he's going to let himself down. He won't be in a position where he'll have to one-up himself, right? Because his dad lived his entire rest of his life trying to do that. So if he never strives or tries to be anything or do anything, he'll never have that, right? And it's right. as right. simple as that. And I think totally. that simplicity is, for me, very beautiful compared to some large emotional arc where this trauma is overwhelming. And yeah, that's just I, such a reoccurring trope. You You bring up excellent points, and I don't yeah. think that's... I don't that's not what I wanted is that to be a, a huge focal point of the movie because I do like the duality of those two narrations kind of coming back and forth between each other. I I guess it was just a you know a little glint like a little glimpse of of something of his father walking out or something, but I could see that playing off kind of like melodramatic in in a lot of ways as well and and uh stereotypical and overdone sort of and in losing its it's uh, lightness and and um, everything that that it had going for it, whether it's from like the soundtrack or, you know, just Hugh Grant 
uh, as well as Nicholas Holt and all these characters really facing just to bring up a, a next point, I guess, but just facing truly like traumatic things in general. Um, mm. But me, me watching it, I, I did still truly enjoy the whole process of, of watching the whole entire movie, but they, each one of them has either trauma they're dealing with or they're dealing with past stuff or I think actually most of it is past stuff that they're dealing with now, especially, you know, with like Tony Collette being such a central uh, character that has so much effect on everything ripple effect on everybody around her is, is Tony Collette's um, mm -hmm. decision to, to try to end her life. But her presence brings such uh, such an energy to this movie because you're so concerned with her as an audience member. Um, and at the same time, you know, as you know, for Hugh Grant or something, it's like it's maybe a vessel for uh, like maybe like someone who's been through a bad relationship and it's like maybe this is as bad as it can get. Oh, God, I don't want to be in a relationship that's this going to end this way. And this is how torn up this person is about it, even if it's just to serve that that purpose uh she fucking nailed it dude and and in in this way totally. that like she's when you're when she's in the room she's like almost overcompensating uh her eye contact and and smile and and body language and and everything and it was and she inhabited her her clothing in in a way that was uh unbelievable sort of clothing but then you see her inhabiting it it just like was uh was something that helped me through the truly yeah like real real shit that was presented in this in this movie but like having good good actors portray it helps so much you know and then the nick hornby sort of uh narration you know hugh grant nar narrating nick hornby i'm sure it's it's straight from lifted straight from the book a lot of the stuff just like lifts the whole uh positive energy of of this movie i i think yeah. Did you guys enjoy the performances? Yeah, I enjoyed um, Tony Collette a lot. And I talked about, I already talked about Hugh Grant. I mean, I just, yeah, him bumbling through stuff is the fucking best. But Nicholas Holt, uh, so fucking compelling, even at such a young know, age. He's so good. He just, he's like, so the good. material he had to deal with, a kid who was living with a suicidal oh parent. And there, he just handles it so. Uh, he handles that material so well by is it the face acting he just he he's look just maybe kind of natural but it's a little bit of both i'm sure he's putting some uh like affectations into it but he's able to look at people with a conviction or an understanding mm -hmm. that seems like is beyond his years. Yeah. And I somebody, agree. somebody is thinking about this in a way that is mature, which is really good for this movie because his growth and his maturity is really on display here because his wins in the movie facilitate the wins of hugh grant yeah like 
any all the good things that happened to him and all the bad things that happened to him really just kind of get mirrored a little bit into what's happening with Hugh Grant and how Hugh Grant feels about things, you know, to the point of Nicholas Holtz coming to his place and yelling at him about, um, there's a couple times I'm trying to think of. Their, their, their chemistry, yeah. Hugh Grant's and Nicholas Holt's chemistry was so, so much fun to be a part of. If I can just highlight that as well. Mm -hmm. Like they're, they're, they're them shopping for the shoes together on, on that scene. And yeah. it was just like, I, I don't know. They were, they were so great together and, and, uh, it, yeah, everything, everything like that just elevates the movie so much. And you, and I could just see a movie like this not being portrayed in a way that's enjoyable and being like either being one being a drag or, or two being, yeah, like overly melodramatic. But these people like Hugh Grant are able to move those through those melodramatic beats in a way that's uh, palatable to an audience like the scene where we're jumping around, but the scene where uh, he's confronted by Tony Collette at the restaurant mm -hmm. and that's how, how to handle that scene. And while I don't think it was done like absolutely like, I mean, to do it in one scene, it, it was handled pretty much as well as almost you could because you have Tony Collette there, but, and, and, and uh, Hugh Grant and, and the sister was good too, but uh them in one scene they're talking about him possibly being a pedophile and ask and grilling him about why the son's coming over to his house every day and they go on and on about that and everyone and like multiple people get involved from the restaurant but then they're able to move from that right when the situation is diffused and tony Clyde is about to leave she sits back down and, and further confronts him about like why what the boy needs and his the his Nicholas Holt's needs and, and things like that. And to carry the heft of that tone from one moment to the next takes good performances. Otherwise it Absolutely. will come across, come across as completely melodramatic and, mm -hmm. uh, and unbelievable that they would be able to handle these, these weighty of issues. And it still has that sort of like uh cheeky sort of reaction shots from the people around that, uh, handle the com comedy that's at in place uh but that's what makes it enjoyable and that's what helps you kind of handle those those tonal tonal shifts and and everything but uh i liked i liked the real serious stuff that that uh, characters had to deal with in this movie and uh their reactions to it i thought was um was really great yeah, I think you there's got, something really. I'm monologuing again. again. <laughs> no, you're. Hmm? I'm monologuing again. Continue, Kayla. No, Sorry. Please, you're fine. No, you're totally good. Um, to kind of piggyback off of um, Tony Collette's moment in the restaurant. Um, <laughs> Great moment. There's. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. And it, it's it's pretty rare for me as an individual to be surprised in a moment. And then mm -hmm. to completely understand the moment. So, James, to your point, when she sat down, like, totally. it would be so expected for that scene to end right there. Yeah. But it didn't, right? And there's, like, some other and scene then, where she comes back and it's just like, I'm sorry about what happened the other night. Yeah. Yeah. Those moments 
were so fascinating to me because it takes a level of skill in writing to make a character consistent like that that I feel like is very often lacking in modern movies or, or just movies lately with these, uh, you know, studios with multiple expectations, multiple writers, right? And um, at least nowadays, that seems like a theme that's really res- or really common in what, what I'm consuming with criticisms of films is like, oh, it feels like these, this movie was written by three different people, right? Yeah. And while a smaller film like this wouldn't necessarily have that problem or necessarily have that problem as prevalent, just to have a writer and to have something written in a way where as a character, Fiona was very consistent mm-hmm. and that consistency was surprising. Mm. And that is so beautiful for me watching that is being like, whoa, that just happened. Mm-hmm. I don't disagree with the happening, which usually, whoa, that just happened is a bad thing for me. Like, but on the contrary, it was like, that this is a really cool take on this as well right? as other people around right. around you're talking about tony collette correct mm-hmm. yeah around like other people around her kind of like holding her accountable a little bit for her actions where it's not i don't know it, again there's like these melodramatics ways of, to handle it where everyone feels bad for her and everything but also people are kind of like like you need to be able to be okay to to handle not only your life, but the the life of your child and everything like that. There's and not too much of that. There really isn't. No, it's uh, it's, it's so on the Im- contrary. It, it's it, like a, a very heavy pass for a lot of this, at least from what I saw. No, this movie is really spare or sparse in like Nicholas Holt really having a whole lot to, like, with the mother. It's mm. so much is focused on Hugh Grant and Nicholas Holt together. Right. And yeah, it doesn't okay. spend a lot of time on any of that stuff. Um, mm. Just in regarding Tony Collette's performance in that particular scene, because again, that's so great. Like, I really enjoyed that. That scene could have played up a lot of the, like, I guess, joking about him being a pedophile and playing up and having more jokes. Tony Collette, that character wants her son to be happy. And that is her main goal. And that is seen in that scene. And it is not foregone because it doesn't, we want to tell, we want to try to fit a lot of jokes in here. There's such a strong conviction to the material that this person is wants to see her son get better. This person, Hugh Grant now, is flawed, but if he does really sound like he cares about my son, and that's a good thing because my son, I care for my son, and my son needs to be cared for. And yeah, to have that flip, it was surprising because she could have left that scene have not and not have learned anything and still been upset. And I could see that in other romantic comedies where maybe that comes in at a later point. And really the point of that scene is for her to blow up, to, you know, to say these, to kind of situationally make jokes about him spending a lot of time with a young boy. And it, it gets us further along in her growth as a person and allows 
our main character to not to yeah to not stay away because that would be also another thing right because at that in particular moment you would see a divergence and there there is right like he does kind of no he doesn't because she's saying like when are you going to come see him again right I know that there is a, they do have like a break, which is, yeah, it's, it's interesting to see how this movie ends up becoming a love story between Hugh Grant and Nicholas Holt and not in obviously a sexual way, but that's the, that's the romantic part of this movie is just love the love that's happening between them. Yeah. Paternal, right. Is that, is the term? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Or father, son, um, but yeah, I guess just family in general or, yeah, just uh, to be more general about it. Cause again, yeah, I, I think you want to be caring to the kid, but in that situation, do you look at yourself as his dad? I don't think I would. You this, look at this the situation like, is pretty far fetched for it to be played out and drawn out and for them to be in each other's lives and for it to continue the way that it does both of them i don't know like it, it just it's it's just this romantic comedy where it has these beats that fulfill this greater purpose um but as yeah as far as like handling that that situation yeah it, i think it is i think it is kind of tricky when it's yeah or this kid shows up at your door like what are you what are you gonna do but what did he he had some Nicholas Holt had some uh, leverage on Hugh Grant because he uh-huh. knew that he didn't have a child because yeah. he had been following him around and everything like that. And it's just, yeah, it's just like that fun kind of comedic sort of like I have a one up on on you sort of thing. And but like the needs of both of the characters, um, that's that becomes interesting when they start to kind of use each other for for different things and then when both of either one of them kind of gets upset at each other i guess it is kind of like they play out the beats almost of like a romantic comedy between the, <laughs> between the two of them because like yeah at the end like he's kind of just but it's not i mean it's 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 not romantic but it's just like it's a relationship that they're fostering between one another that yes. helps illuminate their own characters within themselves um which those beats are played out within any romantic comedy. So it's just like, it's, it's, it's minus the romance really. It's just, it's just a, it's a relation. It's just a, yeah. Like, a, and I, and I think those are some of the good, um, romantic comedy comedies that do that where the characters kind of just like, Oh, I'm a little bit this way. I'm a little bit this way. And at the end, they kind of meet in the middle in a, in a certain it way. Works. But the, what this one deals with more so is, is how to it does deal with love but how to love yourself and how to love the child that's still inside of you but not to but also learn how to fucking grow up um and uh how to not be yeah like how to not be selfish and love yourself too much as well and and learn to care for other people and not do it for your own purposes and uh those sort of things and 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 masculinity and those and and that mm. and all of those um elements in contrast with a, a masculine tone within a romantic kind of comedy tone as well 
I thought was something that was enjoyable and I was finding myself relating with the characters and also like Nick Hornby. Uh, there's a lot of movies. Again, these, these things like melodramatic things that wouldn't work very well in a lot of other movies or situations like Hugh Grant narrating a whole movie. I make it kind of like, okay, I'm kind of like annoyed of Hugh Grant narrating, but the fact that it's Nick Hornby kind of language, it, yeah, it reminds me a lot of High Fidelity, which is, I, I haven't read a Nick Hornby book or anything like i've just seen high fidelity but it just reminded me yeah. of, of of high fidelity and 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 that sort of thing and of him is just kind of like all the units of time just seemed seemed like such a that sort of style of neurotic sort of character of just like i got it all figured out uh sort of thing and that was yeah that was enjoyable did did you read this book brandon i know you read uh you read high mm -hmm. fidelity I read High Fidelity and I read another book by him. Um, what is it called? Um, but I, I think it's, oh, Slam. Yeah. 2007, man. I got that right when it came out because I finished Nick Hornby and I was just fell in love with that style of writing because it just speaks to me so much. Um, yeah, because it's a neurotic male's perspective, but there's like a level of confidence too. And he, yeah, he, yeah, these are these are non neurotic and in, in a I don't that know. might be too strong a word. Yeah, it's just with like they're obsessive with their they're sort obsessive. of way yeah. of life, their yeah. lifestyle, and they're they're singular in in how they want to be and then they it takes like a movie or a story for them to kind of learn to um get outside of their own fucking head a bit absolutely oh yeah Which I, yeah i don't know a lot, a lot well of that said. stuff i can relate with what's that caleb well said yeah yeah i mean like the i mean like the kid element of this one was was something that even relating to, to stuff that Nick, oh man, like the stuff that Nicholas Holt had to go through in this, and people are so Such mean it. to him in this movie. <laughs> like one thing, it's one thing to have like bullies and shit and like all the stuff that happens at school, which like, I, whatever. I mean, his, even like the other like nerd kids are like, we can't, we can't. Dude, I know. That was so heartbreaking. And they're like, that was the, playing the, Game oh, Boy man. and stuff. I'm just like, no, you can't, you can't be around us. But him, he was starting to make make waves with like the cool rocker chick and punk punk tonks? chick and yeah it was tonks yeah and uh whatever from game of thrones game of thrones um, yeah. but that I, I just that song that he's the beautiful voice even when he's acapella and all these mm -hmm. people are like boo and like <laughs> yeah. none of the like all the kids whatever your kids kids are mean but none of the teachers are helping i was trying to pick out parents in the audience they are extras whatever but they're just kind of like yeah this kind of fucking sucks right <laughs> <laughs> i was like well they're so mean everyone's so mean to him like, this, is a, this is a beautiful song <laughs> <laughs> me and kayla were talking about that while we were watching it but yeah the the song choice too um it's interesting because it's not a it's not like he got up there and sang like a kiddie song or uh uh like a pop ish kind of single um it's the 
it's got a rock like a rock element to it and it's got kind it's of like cool soul, lyrics soulful, yeah yeah soulful yeah. and it's and um it's got killing in it right <laughs> in the title and yeah. that's cool that's is it not love. yeah i just it, i didn't understand it either why you just shit on that song like what's yeah I guess you're shitting on him, but I, I wonder if they could... did a test of like them singing that fake song that he wrote, his dad wrote or something like that. And it just didn't hit that well. And so they had to like come up with another song, <laughs> I guess but if it was like a crit, but then they would have to be like a Christmas talent show or some shit. Now, mind me, if it was a Christmas song, that would even be more like make more sense. Like what if he did a Christmas mm. song in the middle of like July? Maybe right? love actually and came like, out too, too soon mm. after or before or some shit. Wait, what's someone sings at the end of love actually too, right? Yeah. It's a little kid as well. Um, I yeah. can't remember the song that he sings, but it's uh, Liam Neeson's son. How many it's he's also a kid oh. from Game of Thrones. Yeah, he's from Game of Thrones. Oh, well. my God. You're absolutely right. Oh, so bizarre. Did and, we, uh, Queen's does he, <laughs> Yeah. Oh, man, he's such a cool guy. He's so cool. <laughs> he's so cool. <laughs> uh, have you seen Queen's Gambit, Kayla? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not done. He, I think I have two episodes left or three. He's like left. that. He's I that really cool, like, like, like beat generate the. He's like that. What do you call him? He's Super got the mustache. He's, he's got, he's got uh, the mustache. Yeah, he's like, and the, he's usually like uh, his 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 shirt. Uh, I don't know, unbuttoned. Kind of he's cool. like a Jack Just, Jack Kerouac motherfucker. <laughs> he's got a, a coat. Yeah, he looks like um, the writer of, or no, the director, uh, the director who was going to originally direct the Island of Doctor Moreau. <laughs> that makes that's, it so much easier. That's what it looks. <laughs> Thank yeah. God you said that. Oh my God. Oh, yeah. now he gets it. Oh, okay. Now you get oh. it. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't even really look like him. It's <laughs> a little bit. The original director. He's directing again. He directed something recently. I think that Nicholas Cage is in. Oh hell yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Um, anyways, yeah, he's a cool guy. But that's love but actually. Was, yeah, there's so I feel like there's some movies around this time where like kids are singing at the end of it. I mean, or it's if it's not singing, it's like crazy stupid love. Whereas like, uh, Michael Michael Scott, Steve Carell makes a speech to everyone yep. at like this auditorium or something. And that, and I mean, I guess I guess that's just like a a stereo it's a trope. Trope, yeah. yeah that there's so that many tropes happens. in and just this. like I gotta proclaim yeah, something yeah. in front of everyone at the end of this. Yeah. That makes that makes sense. Right. And yeah. And then to have Hugh Grant also come in and, you know, save the performance. And it, it's weird that that's his final battle or the thing that, he, you know, kind of this is now the new Hugh Grant moment. What um, was what was Will. that? What do you think that was serving him like playing a little bit at the end there? That's what I was going to ask, too, is he doesn't have a confidence or stage fright issue. Is he afraid to get embarrassed? And that's, I think that was it. I think, yeah, I think that he need, and if it, if it wasn't at first, I thought he was like, he needed to embarrass himself. So the kid wouldn't be embarrassed, but they were already cheering by that point. But I think, yeah, I think you're kind of on there where he's so afraid of, um, failure that he doesn't try anything and he does just, and he just does nothing. So for him to try, 
to do something a little out of his element is is enough and for people to laugh at him is like a step towards actually doing something anything at all or selfless. W- whether it be successful or not but it's also selfless so mm-hmm. that combination of doing something and failing and also doing something that that is selfless right that's selfless um, yeah that's the better thing is, to focus on yeah mm-hmm. for yeah. sure yeah uh, okay so um him not doing anything that's that's something that was really interesting to kind of just have as your main uh, ostensibly the main character is yeah he's not defined by that that's not a part of the thing he's overcoming it's not something that is yeah you're not introduced to characters by where he works to it's yeah, it was so weird to see an absence of that. <laughs> Where, yeah. I don't know, yeah, your work defines a part of you. It's also, you can, successes that you have at work, all, you know, you can relate to um, but, your but personal also, life and all of that. The, the absence of it, but then the real heavy-handed em, embracing that absence and recognizing that that absence is so fundamental to building a meaningful relationship early on was right. very interesting. Like when he met with, um, was it totally. Rachel Weiss? Right? Am I remember that name right? He's embarrassed uh, by it. Oh, for sure. And mind me, rightfully so to some extent, right? Like this individual has her own successes, right? And her own She's successes. She's gr- grilling him. Yeah. Well, about... Yeah. And then, Wait, you know. Say that. Hey, you don't do, what do you mean you don't do anything? exactly exactly right and 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 my what i'm getting at is he should be embarrassed because when you're talking to someone that is like and in this instance right like she's beautiful she's successful right and he's none of those things right and that in and of itself is this dichotomy where you're like man like i don't deserve to be with this person right which was something somewhat unique for him as a character too because it was always like you know, I have money and I'm handsome and I, you know, everyone wants to be with me. Right. And then to all of a sudden be like, Oh my God, like I have this void in my life, which is my entire life. And I have to fill this with a lie, you know? Right. And Mm -hmm. and that was his only way to overcome that was very, 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 very interesting to me. Yeah. I think, I think that's where that I felt like somewhat a little, like a little bit hollow at the end of the movie where like, I, I was going to ask, does he change by the end of it? Like, does anything actually change with him? And he recognizes that he needs other people, but also at the same time, like his wants and needs, that aspect of himself has not changed whatsoever. As far as like what he does is, is nothing like mm-hmm. now what he does is he's uh, a step, a stepfather and uh, a possible future husband you know, which is our roles to play. Absolutely. Um, but that was just something that was never explored any further at the end was just that, you know, he was gonna, and I think that, yeah, I think those would maybe be my two little, little gripes of like maybe a little bit more with the father and then a little bit more of like, is he, what's his next step? But I, I think just having, you don't need that grand maybe sort of sweep of he's going to be the best this of whatever he decides to be. 
Um, and he decided to embarrass himself a bit and that's, that's good and everything. But at the end, he's right back to sitting on the couch watching TV and that's just like his happy place. And, you know, he's going to carry on doing that in, in my mind. Yeah, I guess but, it just would have, that, that is his... what it is. You know, I mean, it, it's just seemed, that seems like a little, like not challenging enough for, for that character in certain ways or just giving him a little bit of a pass. Yeah. I really would have liked to have seen what he was like in previous relationships as opposed to just getting like montages with really no talking or really no, um, yeah, you're not getting the, a lot of internal dialogue about him with women that are not like a Rachel wise. And I think that would have helped the film a little bit because it's fine that he doesn't do anything and it's fine that he, But why is it now, and he's even proud of it to an extent, uh, he kind of alludes to or, or lets on to, the, to us as viewers, that he likes that lifestyle. He likes what he's doing there. And I don't know, I guess I would have liked to have seen him come to terms with what it means to accept that as his like his role maybe or because okay i guess really what i'm getting at is rachel wise so he's gonna get with rachel wise right they're uh gonna live happily ever after but doesn't he need to or she need to or really both of them need to accept the fact that he's not going to do anything and what does that mean and if she's okay with it and he's now accepted it I think that would have been a, a gone a long way to show more character development than really, yeah, kind of what we Which got. Which is such in. an interesting concept because how then what's the attraction, right? Mm. Like, yeah, at almost all. Like, like, like other than yeah. him being handsome, like <laughs> right. nothing, right? What's in the it for Rachel Wise? Well, that's yeah, well, that's that final conversation that she has with him at when he finally like fesses up to it and then tries to blow off the conversation the entire time at dinner where he's just kind of like, Oh, mm -hmm. let's look at it. The wine blah, da, 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 and, and just constantly blow it off. And then there's this point where I was trying to question if she was being facetious or not. If she was like, Oh, I realize it is my fault that I like, cause she, he's just like, you got to stop questioning me about this, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, Oh, I guess that is my fault. I'm questioning too much. Or like I'm, and she starts to like, make herself feel bad about it. But then I was, I was like, are you being serious? Are you being facetious or sarcastic? And I was very confused with the beats of that, being sarcastic. that dinner scene. Thank God. It was just so kind of, definitely, it was just, it, but it was never, actually, I guess the thing that made it confusing was there was never like a resolve to that scene in, in a way <laughs> that, that felt like in a button where she was actually expressed her frustration. It was more just sadness and disappointment, which I, yeah, now that you mentioned that, I got that, but maybe just more of like a frustration or sort of like, because she seemed just defeated. And for him to be with this person after this like defeated sort of moment of kind of just like, okay, yes, whatever you say, then it's just kind of like felt, yeah, like, oh man, he's really just settling with everything in his, in his life of whoever accepts yeah. his bullshit, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and she's settling too for, yeah. Know. In yeah. every way humanly possible. Like that's 
Yeah. Not every way, but that's a little over over the top. But what I mean is, like, I guess my biggest issue it's with, so weird with that their relationship. Thing. Here you go. I was going to say, my big issue with their relationship is she comes across as such a complex woman, right? Yeah, oh, my such God. Such a fascinating, like... complex individual. And it seems like such a disservice and almost icky for someone like that to <laughs> be with someone like him right mm-hmm. like you know you deserve better honey like it, it, you know he should be with those shallow vapid women that only want him for his money right like like that's because he really hasn't earned anything else and even by the end of this film i think we're all kind of getting there where yeah you know his character arc wasn't that dramatic where he's earned her love yeah. Or he gets you know, away a, with everything. Love of someone that he, yeah. exactly, exactly, and things that are like genuinely like God. If that was real life, and I think you mentioned this in, in a, multiple ways earlier, James, like that would be fucking weird. Like, yeah. dude, I'm out. Like, yeah, I would never right. talk to this individual again. Like, you yeah. made up a kid so you could fuck single moms. Yeah, yeah, ah, deuces. Like, <laughs> I know. I'm your friend, <laughs> I'm never talking to you again. Look, I was re- I was relieved if like of like the f- the fallout at that party of the friend coming over and being like no fuck this guy and he's like all right i'm gonna leave and i appreciated of of just kind of like them walking right. nicholas holt through that situation situation and he's, he's just like what's the deal and he's just like no she's she gets to say what she wants to say because yeah. he royally fucked with her like yeah. on a mental sort of level and a sociopathic sort of way and i did like that tony collette was just like no like let her say what she gets to say. And then like, he got to say what, what he wanted to say as well. And, and express now, himself as like an, an, an individual and, and all that. But just to say my, to finish it is just like, he is truly like kind of like absolved of everything by the end. And he trying <laughs> to get, get, gets away. Like, and I think that's just a common, what seems like a common trend of his life. And it seems yes, like, absolutely. This is, it's almost like if you play different music during the end, it would almost play like the graduate, you know, or it's like, Every, he succeeded in everything that he wanted to do in the graduate and then right at the end he's playing he's riding off and you hear like the sad the Simon Agu- yeah. yeah and then it's like he's he's right back stuck in his own mind and that's kind of almost how I see Hugh Grant at the end of this. he's just like hello darkness my old friend like in his right. mind like sitting on the couch like he he went through the motions and he did what in his mind he was maybe supposed to do as like a responsible or caring person of like what people expected of him but were those his choices? Did he have agency over himself? And he, or was it more kind of thrust upon him? But also that is the beauty of life. And whether you roll with the punches or, or, or punches or oh, just kind of embrace, yeah. embrace those idiosyncrasies of, of what happened and everything. But also this is asinine of if this were to actually take place again in real life. <laughs> Sorry, Kayla, you were going to say something. One, I just to piggyback, like, even then, it's like very like proto maturity, right? Like even mm. then, he's really not, you know, to Brandon's point earlier, stepped up to any real plate here. He's got no real commitments, right? It's not like the end of the film with him being like, you know, I'm going to do an internship or I'm going to go back to college or like some like, I don't know, like some token gesture of like development beyond just, <laughs> you know what, guys? I decided I'm going to put up with a kid. <laughs> Winner! Like, I'm gonna settle down. Yeah, you know what? Put the shackles on me. Fine. 
Oh, what I was going to mention earlier was uh, about Tony Collette. Very much so. Was (laughs) I? So while I genuinely appreciate her acting and her performance, (laughs) um, there's definitely the only tonal issues I have was like the Uh moment James was just bringing up on um, her being like really emotionally intelligent about. um, She's a therapist. She's a music therapist. Um, about <laughs> so that's shots not a real fired. Thera- <laughs> not no, a real well, 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 you know what I'm getting at is you just attempted suicide, and two days later you're super emotionally intelligent about your friend who was hurt by this guy and your son. It, you know that was a really odd. Because she know, suffers for, from, she just suffer, suffers from potentially being yeah, clinically depressed. She just has these bouts of it. Right. Yeah. 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 I don't think she needed to be sad the entire time, man. What a no, that's not what I'm getting at. I'm getting at that level of emotional intelligence was inconsistent with her not understanding her son. That was odd to me. Right. The the fact that her son was so good. Oh no. Continue. I was just going to say the fact that her son was so clearly emotionally involved with Hugh Grant. Right. Um, and that like complete blindsidedness that she had in, um, in the restaurant moment, like was a little like out of touch with me where it's like, you know, he literally argued to have Hugh Grant stay in the house after you explain something bad that he co- clearly comprehended. Right. Um, and that was just kind of that inconsistency, uh, which I was talking earlier about how, how consistent she was. And that was really her performance was consistent. But um, that's such a tough scene to work through. Oh, God, yeah. yeah, that was such a t- tough scene to navigate, especially in a public place. And I was waiting for that ball to drop, but to do it in a public place and to have not only that be confronted, but the element of pedophilia discussed like within mm-hmm. a public space was something that was like, holy shit. And we just saw someone like, like them walk in on like someone almost Oh, killing themselves and everything. It was like, there's some real yeah. fucking shit going on um, mm-hmm. in adult shit in, in this movie. But then it would play kind of like some Elliot Smith sounding song. Yeah. <laughs> and mm-hmm. it was kind of just melancholy sort of chamber pop sort of shit that would kind of carry you throughout. Almost too mood. lighthearted for the tone. I, <laughs> so, Kalo, I thought what you were going to say is you l- loved... Tony Collette's performance, and then you were going to say, but I didn't like this, which you just explained. I thought the thing that you didn't like was you were going to mention her haircut, because that was something specifically you called out when we were watching the movie, is you're like, I really do not like her haircut (laughs) at all. Now, now, now my point with that, and especially after James brought up the clothing way early on in this conversation, Mm -hmm. is... I think the stage is very clearly set from the beginning where he is not going to be attracted to this woman. And that was for me, a little bit of a missed opportunity where it would have been interesting if there was a little bit of a conflict with him, you know, am I interested in her? Am I not? But it was like day one furry sweater thing, earrings, hair, like, and him being like, Nope, not interested in her. She's ugly. Like, or like, she's not my type, but like in the, in a kind of a harsh way. Right. And I think that was, I don't know, yeah, just kind of a missed opportunity, especially compared to all the other women in the film. Because she can very decently be a beautiful woman. 
right? Just that effort put into they making her, her down. Yeah. exactly right was for me too much. A lot of baggy right? Clothes. Yeah, I would have enjoyed it, but more. that was, was that was like of a, very like much expressed in that like what they tried to have is like a comedic moment jump cutting yeah, over sure. to, to the spat group and and close cutting to all the women's faces right after he's just like oh i'm gonna go pick up women and then it, they might have might as well have had like a slide or so <laughs> like when they should because that's like that's what the comedic effect that they were trying to do like yeah absolutely not even like whatever you think they were trying to just like like close up look at no and uh she was kind of like trying to be like lumped in with I don't know maybe with the rest rest of those those women there but that <laughs> that was something that was just like you start to question the voice in the movie a little bit like it does is it where does the movie's voice begin and where does like Hugh Grant's voice end like and and what you know and I think that's mm. the Nick Hornby of it all as well and how kind of like inconclusive he is kind of on some of his ideas of just corner sort of like more of these like waffling sort of guys that sort of just carry their way through through life like with these obsessive sort of qualities for these arguably mundane sort of things to other people and uh while those things are are interesting yeah the the through line sometimes gets kind of lost over like uh whatever redeeming qualities or like whatever sort of arc that you're supposed to gain from maybe some of these, some of these people. But, uh, yeah. And I don't know if we want to go in another direction here, but you know, we spent a lot of time talking about Hugh Grant. Um, but not a lot of time. Pardon me. Cool guy. He's just, he's always speaking of clothes. Um, He's the cool guy. He's got, he talks about the cool haircuts. He's got the cool apartment. Trainers. The trainers, the sneakers, though. I mean, or sketchers, I mean. Oh, it's 2002. I don't know. I guess, yeah. Speaking of product placement, sketchers were. That's product placement. Very hot for a second. Man, that sketchers store looked awesome. I want to go to a sketchers store. Their stores always look cool. Look like it, but we didn't discuss that much about really Nicholas Holt's, Holt's journey, right? Because arguably that's by far the more, more interesting one, complex, yeah. more fleshed out journey. one for sure. Definitely. Oh yeah. hell yeah! Definitely. No, and, it's it's good that you bring this up. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. We're, we're griping. We're, we're, pick, we're picking nets over here. Yeah. Um. Again, he's just he's such a great actor. Even he's so great such a young age but the stuff he's dealing with at school and the the way that he doesn't get it it but then i don't know it's the doesn't get it but has confidence is something that's just really mag makes this movie kind of magnetic um i love um, the shake your ass moment where he's (laughs) he's singing shake your ass and then bumps into tonks and then uh, has that whole conversation with her because she's also like really cool to him. I know that she yeah. you know, is a, is a little standoffish at first, but her relationship with him is really interesting to me because he's talking about being in love with her, and there's never any time that she turns him down really 
she just in she usually entertains him but it isn't really in a sexual way and it was i think that's the interesting part to me is because they're not getting there it's not concluding with a kiss not that they're having sex at that age i'm talking about like sexual and at that age would be like romantic romantic yes i'm sorry um it never gets to that point and it just makes me think so she's just being Mind me, it doesn't take a boy anything really, for a boy to have a crush on a girl, right? She doesn't need to show any interest other than hi, and he's like, mm-hmm. I'm in love with you. Like, yeah. that's... Yeah. And that was another element I, I really loved about when he was just like, you said, see you soon, so let's... I'm I'm calling you, let's hang out, when he was trying to, like, get in touch with Hugh Grant, and that was just something I related <sighs> I with, too, because there's just, like, points in, as a child, you don't have much in contact, like, you don't have many points of contact with other people, or... Or things and there's something so casual and flaky about the way that adults interact with each other and totally. when you like say you're gonna do something you like fucking mean it and so like as as a kid hearing that like i just remember like a, adults would say things like oh yeah let's go like do that sometime like you'd be throwing football like oh yeah let's go let's go to an actual football field we should go to an actual football field and play sometime or something like that you're like oh we're gonna do that oh cool like oh like i'm uncle whoever is gonna take me to a like a real fo- i'm making something up right now but just like some <laughs> something that you like make up as an adult just like that you that you tell to a, a kid like they take it to heart and then they'll re- you'll go back and see your like see that kid at another time and they'll remember that oh, remember, why like, do you, we do that you'll be like now that you're saying this out loud like <laughs> yeah fuck that <laughs> it's just it's it's beautiful how how they'll remember those things like you said we were going to do that like we should we should do that yeah but the idiotic thing is why do we do it Right. Yeah. Like now that you're mm-hmm. saying, like, I don't know. That's such a because I thought about this before. Sorry, not to get on a real tangent here. No, please. Just like this, like, like I like this concept of commitment, or when you know you're saying something, you mean you know you're never gonna do it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's to that's be polite, such yeah. an interesting, to be like, polite. like a social um, norm. To, oh, mm-hmm. it's to be polite, yeah. but it's also um, very often. To make yourself not have to deal with a difficult situation, right? Yeah. Uh, totally. And by me, there's politeness, and then there's like real life, right? Like, I, I have a job. In real life, you got to do this too, right? And it's like, man, this is just me getting out of an easy situ- or difficult situation in the short term, but it's going to be a more difficult situation in the mm. long term, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, you're, just, and, you're, you're punting. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And <laughs> Moving that's the goalposts. You know, very tangent right but it's just fascinating to think about oh no i i i was honestly going through that whole tangent i think you just said in my mind uh when that happened in the movie when he was calling hugh grant it's just like yeah Yeah, that makes makes sense the the logic of a child like comes through in this movie and the earnestness of nicholas holt and and his performance is uh really bumps this movie up in in my mind as, as far as enjoyment level and um you know, if if the it is interesting that you say we're not talking about it as much, and I think it is just because it is so it is so good, and he kind of carries this movie, at least the heart of the movie, in a way that um you it, you couldn't do without. You really, yeah, really couldn't. And he like is the 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 ending, yeah, the the 
shaky ass thing and oh my god i was just hoping i knew it wasn't gonna happen but when like the curtain opened i was just so hoping for him to be like shake your ass <laughs> yeah. Start, like, yeah start like singing that song you know oh my god that would, that would have been great um yeah and that but that performance at the end for even for a child like to do that in general you know even shooting that scene and everything it just he uh he nailed it so good and i i told brandon before but kayla if you ever watch the the great um he's great in in that (laughs) in that show as well and uh it's about catherine the great but he is so funny and i never really considered him as anyone to give a second thought to to be honest like uh, in in the past and then i saw that show and i was just like oh my god he's just just too fucking hilarious um he's already had himself such a, a fantastic career that he's 31 years old speaking of 31 year olds i'm looking dude i think he's about to hit some sort of renaissance i don't know i'm just so i'm excited he's probably the, gonna have yeah for the future absolutely. of his career because especially like going back to this a movie that i have not seen before and and seeing him in his beginnings, as well as I think Tong, I was like, "Oh, is that Tonks? It is Tonks." And I think it was her first movie she's ever done as well. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, to see those those beginnings is is fun. And I haven't seen. I think like growing up, Hugh Grant was like this the eight like or the stereotypical sort of like romantic comedy sort of uh, leading man. And so I think there was a sense of maybe at that time kind of like rolling your eyes a little bit at the idea of that movie, or you just, I don't know, I guess I was a 12 year old boy, which is, uh, I don't know. Even on my radar. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I know you yeah. just like, you see those, you're like, Oh, that's a, that's a, not a movie for me. I like, I was like, Girl, <laughs> yeah, I, no, totally. Know, you know, uh, but I, man, I, I really enjoyed the, uh, the themes of masculinity in this in this movie. I thought that that was something that was uh, interesting to to delve into, even though there was no real resolve to some of the things. And some of that reminds me of like a Cameron Crowe movie or or something like that, too, or something where it just kind of like. The the emotional beats are almost vignettes of 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 what's going on and mm-hmm. the resolve isn't necessary because because it's just uh, almost like going through a slideshow of, of certain events that have happened. Um, and it's kind of a tapestry with all like the different ensemble sort of, sort of cast. Uh, but it, it kind of, kind of flows through. I don't know. Did, did you guys, you guys were having cocktails and, and watching this movie like uh, that. I know we already kind of talked about that experience, but do you, do you think kind of like, flew flew by with with some cocktails and were you Absolutely. were you com- commentating on a lot we were commentating no, we, we made a conscious decision to keep that to the minimum i mean yeah, yeah we we kept you it to said, a minimum you were like in separate rooms but in the same house <laughs> no we watched actually it in the same- what's crazy is um i have a bunch of extra um plexiglass for covid right. uh, dividers <laughs> Mm-hmm. And, you know, I thought that was going to work, but it turns out that doesn't block noise that well. God so I could hear Brandon the whole time when he was just like, fuck this movie. And I'm like, whoa, dude, <laughs> this is like really escalating fast. I know, he like, does that a lot. Or if he likes it, he's just like, I love this movie. Uh-huh. 
this scene was amazing. <laughs> Let's watch it again. And then he'll like rewind it and then watch it again because he likes it so much. Oh yeah. And then I'm just sitting there like, what did I get myself into? Like, I know. And then I'm just kind of like sitting there thinking like, killing me softly with his. Okay. Never mind. Well, I tried to strangle him, but the plexiglass, you know, so. Ah, wow. This is a true. You need to put him in a in a saw type device to mm. to make him think about talking First about I gotta movies, watch those movies to talk about movies ever again like i don't know like rip his tongue out or some convoluted bullshit that's essentially that's all that happens in those movies um what about have, no continue couple, sorry what do you got brandon i got a couple uh 2002 movies when this came out because yeah i think as a 12 year old i this movie was invisible to me um i'm trying to think because i didn't even see love actually until you know college and what would have a hugh grant movie been regardless so the movies that i and i'm sure all of us were watching instead was scooby-doo the movie sure dude i i I enjoyed that movie i had the soundtrack of that movie Hell yeah, that's good. For some reason, uh, I had a lot of soundtracks growing up. I had a fair amount too. I think I think I would get them as gifts because I'm like, oh, I like that movie a lot. And then my parents would be like, well, here's the soundtrack. I think, <laughs> but I think like Sugar Ray was actually like in the movie at a certain point, and there's like a Sugar yeah. Ray song. Like they show up at the island, and Sugar Ray's like, hey, welcome to the island. Let's sing a Sugar <laughs> yeah. Ray song. And you're like, fuck yeah. Was that 2002? Yeah, you're like, fuck yeah, Smash Mouth, Sugar A, this is what's going on. Didn't and Outcast too. Oh, cool. Didn't, yeah, yeah, I like pretty sure. Yeah, the voodoo song, um, when everybody starts turning into the monsters, like it finally, yeah, becomes a thing where everybody's getting, or they were always monsters, I can't remember. Uh, other movies include to uh, Harry Potter, Chamber of Secrets. Uh, Lord of the Rings, Two Towers, uh, The Fuck New yeah. Guy, Big Fat Liar, Jackass the Movie, Big Fat Liar, The Master of Disguise, uh, The Rookie, that Dennis Quaid movie, Master of Disguise. Wow, those were all 2002. Movies that was on that, our radar. That were de- oh Treasure Planet. Two Towers was such a big fucking deal, dude. Yeah, an yeah. enormous fucking deal. The Time Machine. I also saw that. Yeah, I, feel I saw like that I, movie. I, I saw yeah, that movie in theaters. In the theaters. That movie really scared me as a kid. It's, Those like uh, cave dwelling future monster things. Yeah. yeah. And just the, yeah. I don't know. Also coming to grips with your, because your death at that age is really wild. Because, yeah, there's so many lifetimes happen and human beings progress through um you know since so much time has been able to elapse yeah just coming to grips with it's that it's just so frustrating like he's like oh i'm gonna go through all this effort to make a time machine to fix it and it's like no nope. yeah. everything it's like everything you do is gonna lead to the same ending of your wife fucking dying in some different way or shape or form like if it's not gonna be this way it's gonna be some other way and it was just like oh that's, that's a bummer but god i love i love guy pierce Use and that was like kind of Monte Cristo time, I think, too. So it is. I was gonna say same year. Was it the same year? Yeah, that makes sense. That's why I'm such a big guy, Pierce, because I was. Those are those those movies as uh, 
I still watch Count of Monte Cristo regularly. <laughs> well, I don't know when the last time I watched it, but I love that movie so much. I know it's cheesy and it's melodramatic, but fuck. I, I love, love that it. movie too. I mean, who doesn't love a good rags to riches story, right? Oh my God. And but, revenge as well. Get yeah. Out. Get out of town. Luis Guzman is one. It's one of his <laughs> best performances. He's so best great friend. in that movie. He's so funny. Oh, um, yeah. but I was going to go through because something that I don't know. Do you guys have anything big else to say about this movie? Because I was considering uh, kind of getting to wrapping it up and yeah, talking about up. like yeah. do it. why audiences rating was low on this movie. And before I go, I was going to try to find some like at least one star reviews on Rotten Tomatoes of audiences. But do you guys have any theories as to... Well, yeah, Why that might I'd be. love to jump in real quick on that. Yeah, um, no, yeah, yeah, let's let's get it. So uh, one thing that I was I thought was really interesting was like James, you talked a lot about a lot of expectations. This is me reading in between lines from from what sure, you're sure. saying. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of expectations on this film to be more of a traditional rom com that like. I wasn't looking for, right? Or I didn't feel like I was missing. Like, I didn't feel like I was missing more complexity with his history. I really Mm. relished in that simplicity and I relished in that uniqueness of that plot line, right? Um, And there's multiple things in this film where I really liked uh, and really resonated with that. And I think it takes being in a mental place of appreciating that complexity or, mm-hmm. or let me step back, not appreciating digging to find it. Right. Because arguably there's something wrong with the film. If that complexity isn't completely apparent for the mm. audience, right. Where it takes me saying, you know, what, I'm going to dig deep in this and find meaning in this, even if the intention is the meaning to come from nowhere, to come from blankness. Right. And I think it's, very easy for mainstream audiences um, who go into this not as this is an indie film, but as this is another rom-com to be like, wow, this definitely did not hit what I expected to happen or what I felt like I'm comfortable with compared to going into this saying, this is an independent film. It's intended to be complex. It's intended to be trying to set a stage that isn't a stage that we normally set. Right. Obviously, the actors and the entire film is in no way an indie film. Right. But I think mm. that having that mindset, almost that Sundance scale. view, right, uh, of watching something really sets you in a different artistic space compared mm-hmm. to just fucking watching this film in theater and being like, I was expecting more romance, you know, mm. which is something that I think audiences are really, really not like, oh, not like expected. Tony Collette, like, puking like killing herself and finding yeah. her, her like almost dead For body sure. on, the, on the floor or something like especially that. if yeah. you went to watch just like a date movie I, can you imagine how many people did that mm-hmm. like and then just being like that wasn't a date movie like i just wanted <laughs> to see him and rachel weiss like hang out and, i know I'm for only- sure and for whatever, especially with the tra- I didn't see the trailer i'd love to see what the trailer was for this film yeah almost i'm curious about that actually, that trailer yeah. was nothing, that's a great point know? Yeah, he he did. He had it all figured out. Yeah, he didn't need anyone sure. else in his life. And then it's like and half, then a, half a boy a, comes into the picture. And no, change. No, half of the trip. Well, yeah, probably. No, you're probably right. I was going to say half of the trailer is just Rachel Weiss, And then like there's a little For snippet sure about too. a boy. And then in the movie, there's like no Rachel. Weiss, And then it's like, oh, wait a second. What? 
<laughs> and everyone's like super smiley and like really yeah, like, hey. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so uh, i'll go through some uh, low rated audio this kind of caters to our narrative a little bit me just choosing like a certain type of review to go to but i think this is just more like the interesting side of things to look into it's like yeah critics loved it great but i was just curious why like audiences would turn on this movie it was more interesting to me while i was watching it yeah and i think that brings up you brought up some really good points kayla um this yeah, is by james yeah. james b half a star schmaltzy films like about a boy should come out with a health advisory label that says warning chick flick alert <laughs> this was in t- november 29th 2020 but okay, what a that's, weird thing to say. Health that would advisor. be the, that's the opposite though of what Kayla for was saying. Sure, right? and that was not a chick flip for what I don't know. Right, because what you're saying is is that audience think it's a chick flip because they're familiar with Hugh Grant and then come into this movie that's about the relationship between a man and a boy. Which I mean, you would also know that that's what it's about. Um, it's not Hugh Grant and like <laughs> Marcus is in the middle between Hugh Grant and a, and a woman, right? It's not Rachel Wise and Hugh Grant on the poster or to, I guess Tony Collette. Um, yeah, that is so weird. Yeah, it's not, but people not probably weird. would have wanted the movie where Tony Collette was maybe more, was more put together, not suicidal. And it was just yep. about like Absolutely. her getting together with Hugh Grant and, and getting him back down to like, a. A, a normal like sort of reasonable sort of guy and him becoming like a good musician again or some sh- some shit and playing a gig at the local pub i don't know fucking <laughs> no <laughs> like that's the, a really yeah, someone's writing a film but there's no, like so but like i think rewrite. kayla i don't know i think you liked you were saying you like the gray areas of of the movie a yeah. bit more and i i think that's something that i i enjoyed as well where it's like that's not I I like i kind of like the fact that it it dealt with some of that yeah like i said before some of that more real shit that yeah. was uh that was kind of more challenging um this is from rich s july 9th 2020 you can glean something from the critics this is two star out of five but uh what he yeah. says is kind of interesting you can glean something from the critics versus audience ratings critics really like this movie and the audience is pretty split as the numbers indicate i think it's which are by the way i believe 55 audience 95 critics i think that's what it is I think it's that because makes a lot of sense to me. the audience can't get past the portrayal of Will or Grant or both. Or maybe it's because the men in the audience, like me, don't like to see a 30-something guy who hasn't grown up, doesn't work, and sits around and makes stuff up about who he is in life. And the fact that he still gets a girl, any girl who will put up with this crap, probably torques us the most. Yeah. It's pretty, fair, pretty fair points. Dude. And this, is from and a dude we, this is from a dude that, <laughs> that saw this movie, you know, and... It was just like talking about the things that are speaking to him as as a dude. <laughs> yeah, right. That oh, that's such a great point because him being good looking is his what he brings to the table. I know that he also grows to love people, but th- that's also a, a yeah, money and looks. And yeah, as a as a guy, I, and I totally. Charming. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's a weird message, <laughs> and it, it, 
yeah, you do just look at past those things because you're not a Hugh Grant is not something you're attracted to. He, he he's like your surrogate and you just see what yourself would be like in that situation. And it's hard to want that. And so there isn't a fawning over the character from the male perspective to say, man, he's just, he's what I want to be. Cause that's living the dream. (laughs) God, that seems so boring. I mean, it's kind of hard to, to not say that it's not boring. Oh, it's fucking, well, hey, if your desire in life is boredom, like, you know, there's definitely people that claim that, like, that's just not, I hate boredom. Yeah, maybe I just don't have a good handle on what he, like, how he really feels about doing nothing. But that's, you know, we've talked about that. Yeah, Uh, I, I don't have to go through any specific ones. I was kind of scrolling through a little bit more while, while we're talking and, uh, seems like a lot of people just don't like uh yeah hugh grant's character as well as they're not there wasn't wasn't enough laughs they were looking for laughs with this movie was is what i'm kind of seeing it just yeah. it was it was they, uh-huh. people, people calling it boring sure. and uh they didn't laugh and i think looking at maybe some of other hugh grant's movies and maybe yeah a trailer i'd be curious to look at as well i could see it people thinking that like oh let's go see this date night and and have a good time and then they go to the movie and it's uh it's a bit more drab and they it has like these melancholy sort of songs going in in between that are like uplifting in their own way but it uh i think expectations were put on display with those ratings the same way that kayla was just talking about it What's interesting is that I had to look up the ratings before this, and I'm like, it makes perfect sense when you set it up, up right? Of like, yeah, I can definitely see critics getting it or being able to uh, rationalize getting it, right? And mm-hmm. an audience is just being like, yep, yep, I'm out. <laughs> like, right. I'm not in the mood fair for enough. this. Like, this is not. Yeah. Yeah. Hell, I wasn't arguably in the mood for it when we watched it. You know, it's. There's something interesting about it about it right because it doesn't get it gets into things but it doesn't get into things it moves quickly it's gives you certain tropes and stereotypes but then subverts them in weird in yeah just weird ways i don't know weird ways yeah yeah i wouldn't say like good all the time but weird um yeah i just i i'm I'm still surprised though that critics like this movie so much because yeah, they really how, liked it. Yeah. How one dimensional will is. Uh, I just, or how, to, how Tony Collette is just, uh, just the person with the problem. And there, no, we've talked about that. There are some really redeeming actions from her but it takes will telling her about her son and so she you know kind of kayla alluded not alluded but brought it up a little bit is yeah she just doesn't she doesn't understand her son but then she does understand other things all of those points make it surprising to me that uh critics yeah, take 95 time or critics really liked it, I mean. 95 is high. Uh, that is very high. Yeah. 
what is this movie saying that's so interesting? Um, Jamie Bernard from New York, New York Daily News. Even people who don't usually like Hugh Grant will be charmed by him in the scrappy, slightly scandalous comedy about a boy. David yeah. Denby, New Yorker. Um, the directors Paul and Chris Weitz, the American Pie Brothers, have tried hard to not make a tearjerker, and at its best, the movie is knowing and tart. Ooh, he called a movie tart. Mm. See, this is the kind of writing that we get with critics, boys. Not, not, the, not the dirt of the world, these peasants, these fucking audience members that go into the glorious movie theater <laughs> that has been built... And we are standing on the shoulders of giants. How dare they? This is a 95. No, nay. This is a 100% movie. I disagree. I'm Blasphemy. Sorry. Um, <laughs> Joe, Joe Morgenstern, Wall Street Journal. About a boy is better than a feel-good movie. It's a feel-great movie. Genuinely clever, affecting when you least expect it to be funny, to be and funny from start to finish. Um, on earth would you say this is a feel great movie so weird <laughs> scott tobias av club compared to high fidelity the book and the movie about a boy seems resolutely uncool but part of growing up may be admitting that such familiar comforts can also be immensely satisfying yeah i don't totally that, that's a good review you don't totally agree or you totally i was agree? i was trying to uh decipher that a bit myself yeah. Yeah. I, 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 sorry. I was, I was just trying to get what he was saying. That's all. No, you're good. Um, I could go ahead and start us off with Please. saying, saying our scores and, um, let's get this yeah, party Kayla. started. Brandini. This is to close this out. Um, just give your, what your, um, score would be. And then just, I don't know, something, uh, why? It doesn't have to be long. You can just say, I mean, this movie was fun. And this is why I give it that if you want to. But um, And tell us one of your pastimes. Yeah, mm. I, something I, you do for fun. But I'll go first. Uh, <laughs> I, would g- I would give this movie a 72%. I think at this, this movie is at its best when it is it is not getting held down by things and it is just free flowing and i don't want to say quaint but it is contained it is at its worst when it is trying to tackle things like to um No, it's at its worst when you are thinking about what these. Oh God, I don't know how to articulate it. Well, just the way that I feel about this is that I did really enjoy a lot of it. Um, I enjoyed the performances mainly. I think plot point wise, it is weird um, in certain places, but it doesn't get held down in it, and it stays. Even though it does tackle some uh, intense stuff, it doesn't spend too much time on it, and it moves into the relationship of Hugh Grant and um, and Nicholas Holt. And 
that that them two together is what um really makes this thing work that is when it's at its best and when it is trying to deal with like hugh grant and his relationship stuff it is at its worst and this is a romantic comedy to a degree and i do like that i was subverted a little bit but they just this movie didn't do well enough job of giving me enough with the relationship still um of him and rachel wise and so yeah i don't i can't put this into a level of being really good um and it's nowhere near perfect but i think it's like a good tv movie and there are things about it that are fun to just catch and scenes that are uh, pretty electrifying but yeah I can't, I can't really give myself outside of the seventies and I would just put it on the lower side. Cause I, I did find myself as you think about this movie more, especially, you know, Will's plight in life. Um, it just, yeah, it kind of rubs me the wrong way a little bit. Um, but that's only when I really think about that stuff overall, I feel pretty good about it. I would give it a 72. Kayla, you go. So, for me, the for, for so for my own personal review of a movie, you know, it's people dissect films, and um, that is you know a very consistent theme of a review, right? It's just like you know these things didn't work in a consistent way, or you know this didn't do um, something in a formulaic way that that um, you know we as society have expectations, right? Expected. Um, and if, you know, me as an individual, am I, if I'm going to review something, um, it really comes down to this level of memorableness or uniqueness. And as I've, you know, discussed a few times in this conversation today, um, it was very surprising how fascinated I was by the underlining theme of nothingness and the utilization of that as a plot vehicle to drive Will to building a relationship that he would literally never, ever have the opportunity to make um, with Marcus uh, because he would have had a life. And anybody that's busy and that has a life is like, kid, fuck off. I don't have time for this. Um, you know, and just <laughs> right, like honestly, like, and then just man, well, how short like, of a movie would this have been? You know, like, God, he didn't have a job <laughs> exactly. No, that's my dude, there you yeah. go. And so, that's exactly, um, why I would give this movie like I, I'd say 82, 81. Whoa. Uh, because oh, so it was you really liked it. Okay. No, no, I did. I, I genuinely was so surprised at how interested I was with this plot. Um, in spite of that. Okay. okay. In spite of that, a hundred percent. Right. Cause, cause that interest of mine is a very easy way for me to overlook a lot of very large plot holes. Uh, like the wish wise thing, like that just almost felt tacked on to me. Like, it's like, oh, well, didn't care about we, we kind of got to add a female here because, you know, we made that pedophile joke. So we need to make sure he's really not a pedophile. <laughs> so, hey, we got a woman now and she's hot. Like, it just felt so 
necessary but well uh, but poorly executed right which is something i don't enjoy right you know you could have executed this much much more clearly if you just spent a little bit more time writing i don't know um you know i know i'm oversimplifying the act of creating a film but um i i do passionately dude that's what this podcast is about Mm -hmm. hell yeah hell yeah and and even right now we're polarized right because you know, Brandon's saying so. one number, I'm saying another. And no, I, no. I think we're all in the same. We're, we're all in the same range, man, and that and that's something that ballpark, like ballpark buds. Yeah, ballpark buds. <laughs> I don't know. We haven't really been too polarized ourselves on this on this podcast, which is uh, ironic in its own, <laughs> yeah. own way. Yeah, that is. That our main point of contention was fucking Lion King, our first movie, but that, that's really uh huh. Um. Yeah. But so, what do you see? So eighty-one, eighty-two. Yep. Um, and and I'm happy to say that in a weird way. Good. I'm happy for you. Yeah, I'm happy for you, too. I'm glad that you really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was fun to watch this yeah. movie on my birthday and to watch it with you with drinks. Because, yeah, yeah, this is so. this is a fun movie and it doesn't seem long. Right. No, and you you can just live in that unassuming space, too. And there's nothing wrong with it. Just like that's the point I would make about him not having a career. Like, there's nothing necessarily wrong with that. But just justify, like, work for it. Let us know that you're comfortable. Just, I guess, let me be more compelling than about it. I know that it yeah. presents the idea, but I guess be more compelling about that he is comfortable living that Well, lifestyle. you want to know that he's going to be okay. And, and the way yeah. that you, we, were ta- we were talking about him saying he, he does nothing, he seems so embarrassed by that. So what is he going to say moving forward? He's he's a husband. He's a stepfather. You know, you could say, say those things, I guess, is what he was trying to do with uh, having Nicholas Holt around was just he was globbing on to an identity that he didn't have which was a mm-hmm. single parent, which would, yeah. was just a way for him to get laid. Um, yeah. But maybe just... What a weird concept still. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like uh, removing the negative rather than like having a full change of, of a character almost. It's like, it's like removing the, the bad side of him, but he was like... It, he was too completely fine otherwise <laughs> if he just stopped doing like this one thing then he would be okay or whatever you or if you just stop being a womanizer or whatever but uh yeah at the same time you do start to rethink certain stereotypes of of movies as well and and why certain things have to be be a certain way and uh but i think the main thing was just yeah if he's going to be happy and if he's going to be okay he's our main character and um you want him to or if he's not to just have that be clear or whatever but uh just uh that was what i was what you're concerned with but i'll I'll launch into my own thing i guess was yeah the thing the thing main things that i enjoyed about this movie i think yeah were the the tones and themes of dealing with masculinity that i didn't ex- really expect as much and i thought it was going to be more of the romantic side maybe with a lot of the audience and and reviewers and sure. so I, maybe they could like that's why it rubbed them the wrong wrong way um but the the way that i related to it on a personal level of whether it be through nicholas holt or through hugh grant helped uh helped me enjoy this movie even more on top of everything else going on but what carried it more so was were those performances i i absolutely thought those uh the performances within 
the material just elevated everything um and to have a strong child actor kind of carrying the whole movie on his shoulders is just uh it was just great to just great to see and i was having a lot of uh fun with the scenes with him and hugh grant because i could tell there was fun being had and i think we talked about in Sky, spy kids as well it's just you Whenever a child is in a movie, I feel like you can easily kind of tell what the atmosphere is kind of like on set almost because there's no lying in in a certain way. And I don't know or they're just really good actors, but there's just something about Spy Kids, too, or just it seemed like they were having a lot of fun and they were so down to like they felt it, they felt like it, they were in that world as well. And you were in that world with them. And Nicholas Holt, you felt the weight of everything that he was doing and that he understood what he was saying and, and the implications of. Um, even like the conversation of him kind of calling out Tony Collette, his, his mom of like, you know, like, what are you going to like, what am I going to do if you're gone and all this shit, like really heavy stuff. And like uh, having the ability to do that and have Tony Collette react in a way as well. It was just like, they were, they were really doing great, great work with those dramatic scenes. And um, that was something that I could see maybe I, yeah now that I'm thinking about it, looking at reviews would turn certain certain people off um I did not expect that to be the like Tony Collette committing suicide to be the catalyst to bring uh Marcus to Will like Nicholas Holtz at Hugh Grant um but seeing that play out yeah you know Kalo it is kind of like some unexpected memorable things of a movie of kind of just like wow this is playing out in a way that like uh I didn't fully expect and there's there are kind of like some gray areas to this where I'm not sure where it's going to go where you can see like the typical movie where he would like oh well, he's going to end up with Tony Collette and he's going to make they're going to make each other feel better and then they're going to have a happy family unit but the message at the end was more so being open-minded and available to people in a much more general sense rather than just your family and and the and the like people that whatever you're quote maybe you're supposed to, you're supposed to look out for whatever you're 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 it could be more about your chosen family and sometimes and, and things that are in a proximal range that you can you can truly have an effect on and i thought that message maybe it was is ham fisted in a little bit at, at the end there uh with the narration which there was a lot of as well but i i liked that a lot too and I, I i took that to to heart in, in its own way but um my my gripes were the certain things with hugh grant's character and i i uh not sure what the resolution for that would be and i'm not going to try to rewrite the movie in that sense but i think there's just something kind of missing there with his his character and and certain decisions that that could be made uh and with every other character, the fact that it's Hugh Grant makes it that much easier to ex accept all of the things going on. And the narration that I mentioned on top of that as well helps you inform all the subtext behind his character. Um, so you're not left wondering with a lot of what he's thinking and, and doing. Uh, but overall, yeah, I, anyways, I'm kind of going all over the place, but overall, I. I enjoyed this movie. It was a daytime sort of thing. And, um, 
you know, like a, like a daytime TV movie. I feel like it was playing when we were growing up and everything like that. And that just like really fits with the energy of this movie, I think, in my mind. And it is easy to watch. And the heavy moments don't, they don't uh, stay there for too long. And um, the messages are, I, I think, uplifting and and pure and while we still have gripes i think all three of us have mentioned various gripes of it not getting into certain other things it is to its benefit at, at a certain sense if you're looking for that type of movie to watch of like a more like a breezy sort of um fun fun movie with uh charming people um dealing with some real life shit as well which i think that's a lot of what's on TV now as, as well. Like, I, I don't know, I haven't watched like this is us or something like that, but I don't know, it's like, there's people dealing with like, uh, dealing with real shit. And, but also, you know, you have the moments to connect about it too. And that familial paternal love to be so infused in, in this movie, uh, was something that, um, was enjoyable as well. For a rating, yeah, I was totally thinking somewhere in, in, in 70 range. So I think I'll, I'll, I guess I'll just split your guys' difference. <laughs> but it'll, it'll, be a, it'll be a 76. I think that, that makes me feel good. I, I, I knew it was 70, 70 range. That feels, that feels good for me. I'm, feel it makes, makes me happy that you guys sat and watched this movie together. That, that's, a, that's an image. And even in my mind, that's, that makes me... <laughs> makes me happy on, on Brandon's birthday and everything. And both me and Kayla got to have our separate times with Brandon watching our, our own separate movies and recording our, Love it. our podcast with him and everything. So it's uh yeah, this is great. And um, Kayla, Good. you're welcome back anytime, man. It's been a pleasure having you. Yeah. Absolute delight Thanks, man, for doing this. Thank you both. Yeah. Glad you enjoyed the movie. I'm it's glad great. I experienced it. I would have never done this otherwise. So <laughs> genuine pleasure. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Is there, uh, is there anything else? Anyone else wants to. Final words. Yeah. Yeah. My, my final statement here, guys, is I really want to hit home what the real theme of this film was. And I think the last few lines of the film really resonate with me, what the film's really about, which, um, ah, <laughs> Let's see. Michael or uh, Nicholas Holt says, um, I don't think that that couples are the future. You need more than that. You need backup. And what I really think he was getting at is it's polygamy is the future. And that's what he was going for. So I really wanted to share that. Uh, I think that's the fundamental theme and message of this film is. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys got that, but I just really wanted to share that, that, that that's the ending I really want to really want to conclude with here <laughs> you need backup <laughs> you need backup it's such a yeah <laughs> that's i mean that's what a kid would say i don't think golf is in the future you need backup because <laughs> it's such a concept where it's like yeah like you can have couples with backup but no no couples not the future you need backup <laughs> so yeah i mean you need, you need a train there's some well, okay, there. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <what? laughs> the wisdom. So th thank you for letting me share my my, my, my final really meaningful thought here. <laughs> Absolutely.
I'm glad. I mean, that's what they were trying to say as well. I just want to also say right before we get to our conclusion, we have our first uh, message in the Twitch chat. This is something we do when we get zero viewers. I think someone stopped by. This is someone called Pills and Abitha. That's how they call it in this movie, <laughs> uh, Abitha. Ab but it's called Pills and Abitha. And this is what he says. <clears throat> it's amazing to see three imbeciles having a frivolous <laughs> conversation. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> I don't think he's here anymore, That's but I think he showed up just to say that. That's amazing. So that's how we're doing over here. <laughs> Nailing it. <laughs> so on that note, uh, Kalo, is there anything that you would like to plug in this world of ours that people should check out? <laughs> one thing, one thing that people should should see that you like, absolutely, or or partake in. Let's like, see. I was going like, to say absolutely. Nothing. If it's like public anything? public restrooms, if that's something that people should do, you can even plug that. I don't, I don't care. Oh. Starbucks restrooms. There you go. That's a plug. Starbucks restrooms. They're starting to open up. Starbucks restrooms. You, you took to my advice. Okay. over. Hell yeah. All right. Brandon, anything? Starbucks uh. restrooms. <laughs> hey, don't knock them till you try them. Hey, I have. I mean, it's a classic go-to. Try doing a road it. trip during the pandemic without restrooms. <laughs> Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, I'm just trying to picture what Pills and Ibiza was trying to like come onto our conversation and be like, "Oh man, oh, I can't wait to hear this podcast about about a boy. This is going to be so lively. This is going to be great. This is going to be the best." He's probably the guy that wrote the review in 2020. Yeah, I should check out Pills and Ibiza reviews. And be like, I fucking love this movie. I can't wait for someone to do a podcast about it. And then he's like, "Oh, these guys fucking suck. I could do so much better." All right, Brandon. Sorry, I, I interrupted your yawn, Brandon. We were we were having a frivolous conversation. <laughs> we were having a frivolous conversation. Yeah, that's. Oh, with the yawn, like God, this really is frivolous. <laughs> that's amazing. Um, our, we we got to tweet that out. Our Gmail polarize pod. Yes. Or polarize the pod. What is it, Brandon? Polarize the polarize pod. The pod. At, polarize the pod at gmail.com. If you yeah. want to do any more messages like Pills and Ibiza and tell us how much we suck, uh, we'd really appreciate that. Um, oh, let me plug. It's this thing called Google Domains where you can buy a domain name. Just plug in that. <laughs> Don't give people ideas. Don't give Pills and Ibiza ideas. God. Um, I'm already plugging him more than anything. But uh, yeah, that's our Gmail if you want to yell at us. Polarized pod on Twitch and Twitter. Uh, and you can contact us if you if you care enough to do that. Rate and review on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, all that good stuff. Brandon, uh, yep. do, would you like to go to bed? Come, <laughs> <laughs> <Big time> boy. <laughs> what are you gonna, are you gonna plug, Brandon? Are you gonna plug? Are you gonna plug bedtime? I'm gonna plug bedtime. <laughs> That's the platform I'm running on. <laughs> All right. Anything else? Wanna, nothing new. Nothing else. Uh, you you said all the plugs. The, the follow us on sh social. Let us know how big of imbeciles we are. We love yeah, to hear please. that. Please, we love it. Uh, please, uh, we love it. I, I mean, I'm I'm also putting it in our Twitter bio now. Podcast about polarizing movies and uh, <laughs> or sometimes podcast. two, often three. <laughs> yeah. Hey. 
No, it's going to be a podcast about or a podcast about imbeciles having a frivolous conversation about polarizing movies. Hell All right. Yeah. Well, Brandon's going to figure that out. I think yeah, we're I think we're out of here. Uh, We appreciate you. Thank you, Kalo. We'll see everyone next time. Love you. Good night. Good night.